as close as you are to success, you're, you're that close to death. But when you see my work and people are like, oh man, you're so artistic, I'm like, I think I pay attention more. How would you describe yourself before your son? Selfish. I was put in all these different places and positions, either by force, either because I had to pay rent or I had to do something, I was about to be homeless or I was right. this. And I had to always figure something out. Yeah, the difficulty builds character. We gotta get over ourselves like that. But understand that you not knowing means that there's a world of information out there, no matter how much you don't know. I know that I'm not meant to be just good, I'm meant to be great. It can't be about every single job, it's about your intentions and what you continue to believe about yourself and then how you embrace that with action. What's up, everybody? My name is Brazil, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm very excited for the episode because I have somebody that I've looked up to for a long time. He's a legendary director, not just in music videos, but of culture. And now he's moving on to new levels that I'm really excited to hear about, none other than Mr. Taj. Hello. What's going on? Thank you for having me, man. Of course, man. How are you feeling? I feel great. I feel really good. Um, I am... It's not just my career anymore. Uh, you know, I used to separate my career and my life, and now I'm mending them together. And so however I feel in my career, I try to make sure that I'm looking at it like um, this is my life. It's one life. You know yes. I mean? So I feel good. I feel centered. I feel great. A lot of people tend to separate it like, you know, there's work. Oh, I have to go to work. Right. And then I live life. But in the creative fields, they really can intertwine. It's an extension of you. It is. I mean, I come home happy from work. Right. And so yeah. and I'm walking, I walk through the door. It's not like I walk across that threshold and don't remember what happened on set good or bad, or, you know what I mean? It doesn't, and it's not like, you know, if something happens, you know, like sometimes I may wake up or I have to get to set and my son is still asleep and I'm able to interact with him. Makes me sad. So yeah. I have to go to work. You know what I mean? I think about that on my way to set, you know what I mean? Um, so you take these things with you. It doesn't, I don't know why I used to abide by those, um, I guess by that, uh, I guess by that, well, not, not that rhetoric, but I guess by that saying that, you know, you have to separate your life uh, from from work. I just don't think it's true anymore. I don't even actually know how I used to believe that. Yeah, a, a lot of beliefs just are kind of embedded into us by the culture, Yeah, right? And we don't even know how it got there. Right, I just think it's out of fear too. Like when you first, you know, you're first coming up, you're maturing, um, you know, you want advice, you want, to be, you want to be as knowledgeable as possible and so much so that sometimes you'll, um, you'll take in information, you'll take in any kind of information from everywhere. You're just a little, you're vulnerable to it. And then you start growing up and life starts showing you what, you know, it's power. And uh, you start believing what what's actually, what actually happens. You know, you start believing the experiences that you actually have. And so I'm locking into that. And as I get older and I'm a father now, yeah, I don't have any time to just believe, you know, anything that I hear or anything that I see after. You have to be intentional with to, it. You have to be intentional, yeah. How would you describe what you're doing right now? Nowadays, what is your creative life like? My creative life now, I'm following my dreams. So I'm, I'm really speaking to like the inner child in me, mm. right? And so the inner child in me loves sneakers. Yeah. He loves sneakers. But what he really loved, he loved what the sneakers did for him. Mm. And I, we moved a lot as a kid. Like when I was a child, my mom moved a lot. And um, I wasn't, I didn't like, I would make friends, but I wasn't able to keep the friends for a long time, right? And so we moved to Oakland. Um, I was watching TV and it was 1989. And I moved to Oakland on the day of the NFL draft. Wow. And Deion Sanders 
was being drafted. And I remember my dad being like, my stepdad, who would become my stepdad, was like, man, I hit him, he's different. He's way different. He's different. He ran his, he said he ran his 40 in some jeans with no shoes on. Got back in the limo and left. I was like, he did what? He was like a superstar to me. And I was like, wait, what? And so I followed him, followed him, and then he came out with a shoe, and I put that shoe on. I never cared about sneakers before, so it wasn't even about being a sneakerhead when I was young. Right. I finally, I, I found someone that I could watch, that I could trust, I could watch from afar, and I could try to be like him. You know what I'm saying? I could have this confidence. And when I put his shoes on, I felt fast. And it just, it's like, you know, like putting on a cape. You know what I mean? And yes. So, Sneakers, it just it, it's this thing where you know I'm older now. I have the means. I reach back to that child, and I'm like, hey, let's let's do what you wanted to do. You said you wanted to do some sneakers. Let's let's find a way. I'm I'm the adult. I'll be the backseat driver, and I'll let you do all the creating. That's amazing, man. Yeah. How dope is that? That you yeah. get to recreate what your kid was was what right. your inner child really was inspired by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because it's not just a material thing. It's what it represents. It represents exactly. somebody who's great is mm-hmm. using that thing and you want to almost like embody that greatness. Mm-hmm. Same reason people wore Jordans or whatever, right? It's 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 just you want to be a story. one. Yeah. Just telling a story. Like everybody has a story to tell and and you, you gotta know that your story is important to tell. You hear you're here, you have a purpose, you're here for a reason. You know what I mean? And um everyone, it's not one person on this earth that doesn't have a story to tell where uh the person to the left of them or to the right of them could learn something from the story. Right. And take something from it. You just have to know that you're valuable. You have to embrace that. Yes. Your value and your story matters too. It doesn't matter how many billions of people that there are. We're all important. We're all here together for a reason. Yes. Yeah. How did you get into doing videos? How did that, and let me just get the mic a little, a little oh, closer to you. Right here. Good. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Right um, how did that journey start? Music videos. So I was, um, I knew I wanted to be in the entertainment industry. I knew that part. Um, so I started like, you know, like like being a recording engineer, semi recording engineer. Okay. And then um, I met this group called the Team, Clyde Carson, main man, and Cass Kaiser from Oakland, right? And um, they were like, "Hey, we got this song. We got this song that we want to record." And then after this song, you know, maybe we, you know, maybe we'll shoot a music video or something like that. We got to find a director though. So we recorded the song, and I was like, "Hey, let me work on the mix for it." It's like, but you don't mix. And I was like, just let me work on it. Let me just copy the session. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. I was always a firm believer that if you just made people offers that they couldn't refuse. Yes. Um, if you made offers <laughs> where it was like, you know, it's like, hey, if it goes wrong, you still have the other session. Just let me make a copy of it. If you if you make an offer people can't refuse, you put yourself in great situations, right? And so, um, and so yeah, I let them know. I said, look, if it doesn't work out, no hard feelings, okay? No hard feelings that I'll never ask to mix again. And all right, fine. So I mixed all night, all night, all night, mixing, mixing. I'm on YouTube, right? I'm, I'm listening to like what to listen for. I'm mixing, I'm mixing. I'm playing it in different radios around the recording studio. I'm right, I go outside to my car, I play it, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, all right, when they come in here, I think this is going to be, this is good enough for the mixtape. But what I was doing when I was mixing it all throughout the night, I started seeing these visions mm. in my head. And it was first these visions that I thought that were coming to my head just for me to catch a visual rhythm. Because I'm in a recording studio that has no, nothing on the walls. It's a brand new studio. Right. There's nothing there. So I thought that I was, I thought that I was just getting a rhythm in my head. And so I started to see colors. I started to see like movement. I started to see bicycles. I started to see like, just like this tire bouncing. I started to see these things, you know what I'm saying? These, yeah. quick, these quick cuts. And I told them, 
when after they heard the mix, they sat there and heard the mix. And I was like, it's pretty good. I was like, yeah, yeah. It's like, how long did it take you? And I was like, man. Two hours. That's what it took me all night, right? <laughs> right, right, right. You downplay it. Like, no, it was like, yeah, light downplay work. It. Yeah. Deion Sanders, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Real fast, <laughs> real quick. You know, and they're like, all right, cool, cool, cool. And I was like, hey, they're leaving with the mix. And I was like, hey, um, I started thinking about the music video part that you guys were talking about. Uh, you have, haven't found a director, have you? Or have you yet? And it's like, mm-mm. And I was like, all right, let me do it. And look at each other. I, I see eyes rolling and everything. I'm like, look, 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 look. <laughs> Same same rules, except this time I'll pay for it. I'll pay for the music video. Mm. I pay for it. You can use my wardrobe. I had a ton of clothes. I've always had clothes. My brother's a designer. Okay, I'm an artist. We just always had clothes, right? So if I didn't have if I didn't have a dollar in my pocket, I always had clothes. Right. So <laughs> I was, so I had like a boatload of clothes. I was like, look, I'll provide the entire wardrobe for all of you. And I was like, and if you don't like the video, I won't say anything about it. No hard feelings. You know what I'm saying? It was like. They all looked at each other and it was like, all right, cool. Yeah, let's do it. And I was like, all right, cool. You can't, you, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, the, the, the most, the worst that can happen is that you just wasted your time that day. Right. But what were you going to do that day anyway? You wasn't going to shoot a video on that it day. Was I, it was an irresistible offer. You were like, I'll offer. shoot it. I'll right. provide the wardrobe. But they don't know what I know. Right. You know, and that's the thing about believing in yourself. It's like, you know, when people roll their eyes and everything, like I stopped them from doing it, not because I couldn't take it. But because let's, let's get past this part because I don't have to be a fortune teller. I don't yeah. have to be able to tell to, you know, to tell what the future is going to be or anything like that. I'm not claiming to be that. What I'm claiming to do is to really believe in myself and I'm, I'm embracing this feeling. I know what it means to believe in myself. Mm. And, and, and knowing that, I'm not a recording engineer and just sitting here for the time that I did, I realized I didn't want to be in that studio all right. the time. I wanted to see these visions in my head come to life. You know, they're coming to me for a reason. Yes. So I... Uh, we shot the video and I got online and I found I, I needed I needed a crew. And I never shot a video before, so I was like, music video helpers or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. How to shoot music video. And it was right. like, first, you need a DP. I was like, what's a DP? Director of photography. Okay, so well, let me look that up. Director of photography. And right, it came up um school visual arts, and it was like a Johnny Perkins. And I was like, a Johnny Perkins. Mm, okay. And it went by first name instead of last name. So mm-hmm. had it gone by last name, which it normally does, I probably wouldn't have even saw him. Right. I called him up. I said, are you a Johnny Perkins? He was like, yeah, I am. Who's this? I'm like, this is Taj. You don't know me. Um, but I'm trying to direct my very first music video. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I need your help. Um, I don't want to hire you to work under me. I want to hire you to work beside me mm. to teach me um, whatever it is that you know. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a good student. I'm a good student when I want to be. Um, but I don't want you to think, you know, and I have a vision and I just need you to help me along the way. You yes. Know what I mean? um, if you're, if you're up for it. And I, I looked at the budget that I had, I only had $2,000, but I was like, look, I'm going to give a thousand of this mm-hmm. to this DP because from what I read, he's the most important person on the set besides me. Right. And I don't really have a position yet. Right. I'm the director, but I don't know what I'm doing. Right. So I, I wanted him to feel the, feel his value. Yes. So I was just like, look, I have $2,000 budget, 1000 goes to you. Right. He was like, $1,000, bro? I was like, yeah. He was like, what? He had never been paid $1,000 before. <laughs> I moved on, I know. Right. Well, I, I, thought, I was like, yeah, man, here's half. You know. So he took that, and he was like, yeah, man. And he helped me. At first, I thought it was because of the money, but it wasn't. 
Now I think it wasn't because of the money. Like I'm just I'm realizing, and that's I'm on my like 200th and like 20th video now. Yeah, it wasn't because of the money. It was because he he felt and understood that he was worth that too, and he had never gotten what he was worth. And your first time getting paid what you're worth, it's a it's an amazing feeling. Mm -hmm. It just now dawned on me right now. Yeah. He, he came, he just came to life. He was like, I got these lights, I got this. He brought extra stuff. He was like, my boy, let me borrow this, let me borrow this, okay? And he was just so like, you got any questions? Oh. You got any questions? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh man, that thousand dollars, but it wasn't about the money. It, it was, was about the opportunity, the feeling opportunity. valued. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I love that feeling when people are like, yeah, I even borrowed equipment. Right, I even right, bought right. my boy's thing or whatever. Right, right, yeah, right. yeah. And he told me, he told me something too. He's like, look, man, I'm really new. It's like my first year, it's my first semester. You know, but I know a little bit. If what I don't know, I'll tell you I don't know, and we'll just have to figure it out. Yes. Well, we did the video, and when it was over, I, when it was over, man, whew, it was my first time ever doing something where I, I took initiative and made something come to life that no one was thinking about. No one was thinking about me shooting a music video. Right. No one. And then I, and then I, I thought about it, and I stepped up to the plate, and I did it. I felt really good about myself, and I just wanted that that feeling to happen over and over and over again. But I still had a long way to go because that's also a very egotistical thought mm -hmm. when it's just about self and it's just about you. Right. Um, but you took the initiative. I did. And I love that. I love yeah. that mindset, right? Because a lot of times people are on the gimme, gimme, gimme mindset. But you saw an opportunity and you added value. You were like, no, no, no. I will make the music video happen. I will show up. I'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for some reason, I mean, like, okay, so when I had a recording studio... Um, I had a, <laughs> I don't even know how he became our manager. Cause now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, what was he managing? <laughs> like looking back, like thinking back, I'm like, what was he managing? I don't know, but I had a manager, shout out to Darren Charles. Yeah. Really good guy. And I think he was just saw like, you know, some young, some young black men that looked like him and reminded him of himself when he was young. And he wanted to make sure that we, that we were doing the right things Yeah. in a city that was a lot of right was going on, but a lot of wrong was going on in Oakland at that mm. time, you know, and um, it's a small city. So as close as you are to success, you're, you're that close to death. Yes. You're that close to everything is right there. Yes. You know I mean? um, and um, he, I think he just wanted to make sure that we were, that we were safe and that we were focused. And so his way of thinking about it, since he was like 15 years older than us, was like, I'll just say manager because every professional in the music industry wants to say that they have a manager. Right. And so not all manipulation is bad manipulation, but now that I think about it, I was like, what was he managing? Like, you know, and, but he did help us out a lot. But Darren, when the video was over, I was sitting by the window looking out into San Francisco because we shot in San Francisco. This is October 5th, 2005. Okay. And, I, and he was like, he was like, uh, hey man, you look, you look, you look tired. And I was like, oh no, man. I was like, I got him full of energy. I don't think I'm gonna be able to sleep tonight. And I was like, man, I'm so happy. Yeah. I was like, so happy. I haven't been happy in a long time. I didn't know that I wasn't happy either. Yeah, it was fulfilled. Yeah, it was fulfilled. Yeah, I did something, you know? Yes. I did something. Like, Prior to that, did you have a different idea of what your career would be? Um, I didn't know what it would be. Actually, I, I So there no was clue. no other plan. You, no, you stumbled no, upon this. And, yeah, I had done a little bit of everything though, right? So right. my older brother, Bobby, um, Bobby Joseph, I have two brothers. He's the the one right above me, and then I have an older brother, Brian. They're both artists. One's in culinary arts. He's a chef. Top, like, he's amazing. And then the other one, Bobby, is a designer. So he was the head designer for Fubu for mm -hmm. its entirety. Okay. So he was like, yeah. So he was. Yeah. Not only was he like doing his thing, but he was famous. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Before yeah. the internet. I mean, not before the internet, but right? Before but yeah, media, yeah. Uh -huh. Before the boom, right? So 
he was like, you know, you had to be really good for your name to be known. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You had to be like, it had to be word of mouth. Your name had to be in people's mouths. And he was that, that good. But his life was so fast paced. I lived on the West Coast still. He lived in New York. Right. He and was there with like Damon and them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damon, uh-huh. John, and Keith, Carl, and Jay, yeah. and all of them. And so I would intern there every summer. At FUBU? Yeah, FUBU. Wow. So that's how I got, so it's like, it's kind of like, I've been, my life has been compared to, um, not as ext- extreme, but my life has been compared to Slumdog Millionaire and the fact that like, I was trying all these things. I was put in all these different places and positions, either by force, either because I had to pay rent or I had to do something, or I was about to be homeless or I was right. about to do this. And I had to always figure something out and it took me to places that sometimes I wanted to be there and I didn't want to be there, but I always did the work whether I wanted to or not. And so you learn something. I learned something every yeah. single time. So I learned freehand, Adobe Photoshop, Illustrator. Yes. I'm making hang tags. I'm doing anything. <laughs> just stuff that doesn't even leave the office. It's just to put on desks. Right. Stuff like that. Invitations, you know, but it all this goes back all the way to elementary school too because on every Friday, I used to stay at school an extra hour mm. to draw the menu for Monday. Oh, dope. So this is like a part of my life all the time. You know and it I mean? shows that you can expand so much as a creative. Yeah. Like we can't just limit ourselves. Even if it's something that you don't think you're going to use, like when am I going to use Illustrator? You never know. Right. Or Excel or any of these things. Right. These are all complementary skills. Right, right. Yeah, it's crazy. It's wow. so wild. This, I guess this is why I started doing any of these interviews because I, yeah, I work so hard, man. Like, yeah, I don't know if you can hear it. Like I'm tired right now. Like I I'm can feel it. Really tired. Like, <laughs> like, so I was in an Uber. I was in an Uber. And my ear pod fell out my ear, and I was like, "How did that happen?" I was not aware that that was falling out my ear because you were asleep. That's why, bro. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like just passed out. I'm just so tired. But well, creative output takes a lot of energy. It does. What do you do for input? Where do you gain energy? Where do you receive? My son. Yeah. How old is he? Five. Oh, that's congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, he's great. Is that your first kid? Yes, first kid. He gives me energy. He gives me love. It's unconditional. Makes me laugh. He he shows me like myself the better part of me. Mm. Um, He just uh, he just he just humbles me like you know if I'm if I'm tired I try not to show him that I'm tired and if I am tired I try not to show him that how it's affecting me yeah. my attitude or anything like that but he'll come up to me he's so aware of everything he comes up to me he's not scared of anything he'll yeah. He took my hands off the keyboard the other day and wrapped around him. He's like, come here, Dad. Just one minute. No working. Like that. Oh, I was like, Phew. that's beautiful. I just can't even. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I can't even. That's beautiful. I was, I, I was a completely different person before him. Yeah? How would you describe yourself before your son? Selfish. Mm. Just, like, I've always been an artist, but, you know, it's like. Um, Selfish in what way? I, I don't remember. But just, just prioritizing like, your needs above yeah, all. Yeah, it was just it was just my needs above. Like I, I don't know life with. It's only been five years since I've been a, a, his father, but mm-hmm. I don't. I can't remember really what life. Put it this way: I can't remember, and I don't know a life without him anymore. Right, you like you can't I mean? imagine that there was a time where he didn't exist. Where he didn't exist, and so I, I'm 42. He's five, and I don't oh. remember what it felt like to be without him. I don't remember. Do you philosophically believe that his soul existed before he was born? For sure, for sure. And everything that didn't happen, I hydroplane on a on a on a hydroplane because I was drinking and driving. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have done that. And I hydroplane on a on a one on one, and with and with hydroplane, like I saw, think I saw like the world a couple yeah. of times, and then landed landed right by the wall, and it didn't even hit the wall. It was like straight, <sighs> like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like God had to be like, oh, yeah. 
I'm preparing your son over here, man. Right. Take it easy. You know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, just like all types of stuff, like all types of incidents, you know what I mean? Like, where I've just been like, oh, I'm happy I didn't go over there. Or, I'm happy I didn't do this. Or maybe it was a good idea I didn't do that. And the things that it doesn't take a catastrophe or almost near disaster for you to just know that you're being guided all the way. You yes. know what I mean? So, all the little adjustments that happen in life where you could have made one different decision to not move to the city or not meet this person and then it spirals into all these other things. Yeah. And right. it, it makes me think too that mm-hmm. most of the most difficult times in my life prepared me for what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. I remember like three or four years ago, whenever the pandemic started, I had this business I was building and a fallout happened with the business partner. We basically lost everything, mm-hmm. right? Like down to like, had to like, evict it from my apartment kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And it felt like it was the most difficult thing ever, right? Mm-hmm. But that prepared me to launch a new business during the pandemic that now put me in the best position ever. Right. So that pain was a gift. Yeah, yeah. And you re- and you remember it too, you know? Yeah. Like I tell people, I'm like, you know, I'm not a gym rat. I don't go to the gym a lot, right? But I, you know, at one point in time, I was, I was an athlete a long time ago. And I remember going to the gym and lifting weights and, feeling good afterwards, but it burned. Mm. It burned when I was when I was lifting. It doesn't right. feel good. Right. It's good for you. And yes. you're choosing to do it. And so the only difference is, is that when these things happen to us, we probably didn't choose for those things to happen. We didn't expect them. Right. Right. But they're still conditioning the same. Yes. It's the same. Yeah. The difficulty builds character. Right. Yeah. I and remember. still here. So you still got purpose, you know. Exactly. It's funny because it can relate to a lot of parts of your story. My parents moved around a lot too. Both my parents were professional dancers, like oh. classical ballet mm-hmm. dancers from okay. Brazil and Cuba. And so we moved around a bunch and I went to basically a different school every year until mm. I dropped out of high school. Right. So it was just like, you know, always new friends, new friends, new friends, new friends. But the creative field was where I kind of was able to keep people, right? Like I still know my skater friends. I grew up in Chicago. So mm. I still got all my skater friends from Chicago. All the creative people, we stick together, right? It's like, mm. I didn't get to have the high school experience, right. but the creative industry kind of is my high school or college experience, right? right, right? You right, know right, what I mean? Right, right. And I love that, man. I, I love that we're in this time of the world where we can create, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. Would you, this is kind of a weird one, but, what do you think about the American dream? What does that mean to you? Uh, it's changed a little bit for me. Um, you know, they say that the first time I ever heard American dream, it was like, you know, you have your wife, two kids, girl and a boy, the boy's the oldest, by two to three years, you got a dog and a white picket fence, and you have a mortgage. You uh, work 40, uh, is it 40 hours, how many hours a week? 40. You work yeah. 40 hours a week. You work 40 hours a week, and you go get that overtime when you can. You put, you got your 401k and you got, you know, and you, your kids, they have at least, uh, they got some extracurricular activity, extracurricular activities. And, right. you know, and when I first heard it as a child, real young, and your wife didn't work, which is ridiculous, you know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, like, you know, it's just. What is it now? What is, what is the American dream I, now? The American dream, I don't, you know, I don't even know. I never think about it. To be honest with you, like. I guess if I land here in America, if I don't move out of America, wherever I land, whatever I'm doing, like when I'm like, okay, this is where we're going to live forever. Okay. <laughs> and uh, let's see, these dogs around here. Oh, we do got a dog. Check that out. Yeah. Right? Here's uh, whatever his name is, Fido. Yeah. Um, and he, let's check that out with this American dream. Like say if I just got snapped into it right now, where's my wife? I got a wife in here. I got the dog over here I found. Oh, hey, how you doing? I'm tired. Okay, Vanessa, Vanessa, you're the wife. She's my wife. And let's right. see. I got London. London's here, right? Whew. Don't play with me like that. Come here, boy. I got London. And what about your sibling? You're going to need a sibling for discipline. 
and for uh, to, you're gonna need someone to take care of. It gets on your nerves, but you still fight for. Her. And then she comes through this door right here. Do like, you want that? Perfect. Uh, what do you want? Because right now you're creating, but do yeah. you work off of long-term vision or do you explore each stage as it goes and figure it out? Everything I put into the world, I know now at this point in my career, yeah. everything that I put into the world, my name is only three letters. Yeah. Everything I put into the world is long. Mm. Anything I put out there is going to be long now. So it's like, I, I, I aim for that. I'm like, what's going to like, what's going to have like, what's going to age well, what's going to have the longest life form, what's going to be able to impact people, not just now or when they see it, but will it will it stand the test of time? Thirty years, forty years down the line. That's why I wrote a book. I wrote a book and didn't. Oh, did you? I wrote a book called Turbulence: The First Ten Thousand Feet, and I didn't put a table of contents in it. I took the table of contents out last minute. The, like the last minute, I took it out. I gotta read it. It's, it's out, right? Mm -hmm. oh, I need to check that out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I'll get you a copy. And then, um, yeah, I wrote this book just so that people could understand that I I don't know what I'm doing exactly. I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but. I know that I've been working on my craft as hard as I think anyone can do. I don't know if anyone, I mean, I'm sure yeah. maybe someone works harder. I don't know, but I've been working on it day and night. I know that I've lost friends. Mm -hmm. I know that I've lost a lot of time. Mm. And don't, and just woke, and it was like popped up from my office sometimes and didn't know where the walls were, you know, <laughs> yeah. where I was like just completely desensitized. Like, like had to like come back to reality. You know, yeah. I've like, I'm losing my, a little bit of my hair right here. I noticed yeah, at the top. I don't know. I say it's where my swirl is. You know, that's right. what every man says when he starts losing his hair. No, it's where my hair spins. <laughs> that's funny. I just went through that <laughs> recently. Yeah, too. it's not going bald. No, that wouldn't make any sense. Look all the hair on my face. Come on, smarten up. Um, but like you know, I, I've like you know, I've um, to be great, uh, to be great, you're gonna sacrifice something. You know, you can be good at something and have a living, make a living at it, and be just fine. I don't have any problem with that. But I know that I'm not meant to be just good. I'm meant to be great. And that doesn't, it's not about every single piece of work, right? It's what my intentions are mm. and how, sometimes you're just going to miss, man. Sometimes yeah. they're going to throw the ball right down the plate. It's going to be as big as this damn building and you're going to miss. And you're going to be like, how did I miss that? Yeah. You know, so it can't be about every single job. It's about your intentions and what you continue to believe about yourself and then how you embrace that with action. Yes. That's really what it's about. And just be able to face it, not being controlled by fears or all the things, or all the fears, and then stepping into these dark rooms every single time, knowing that you're the light. If you're the light, you can step into any room that's dark. Yes. And it's gonna be, it's gonna, you're gonna, it's gonna be illuminated. You know what I mean? So there is no darkness when you're the light. So that's how I feel. I just feel like- I love that. I just walk into everything like that. You know I love saying? that. I walk into everything like that. What was one of the harder sacrifices you've made for, I'm sure there's been many all throughout different stages. Are there any you could share sacrifices that are specific? Mm. I know time is a big one, right? Like you're yeah, relationships, my, yeah. Re my personal, intimate relationships. Like you know, having a having a woman, having someone next to me that's going to understand, that's going to understand and be okay with me doing this. The only way I know how to do it, only way I know how to do it is I, tr I troubleshoot. I mean, I troubleshoot everything myself. I learn everything myself. Right, it's the best way for me to learn. So I spend fifteen hours a day in front of my computer if I'm not on set. Yeah, same. You know what I mean? And and then I try to give that three hours, four hours throughout the week or something. It's not good enough for anybody. That's not good enough for anybody. Why would it be? You know what I mean? And so I have to, eventually I'm going to have to find a way or make a decision or maybe I haven't met the right person yet. Maybe. Right. You know? Um, that, that's understanding of how much time you put into your craft. Right. Of how much time I put into my craft. And like, you know, it's also just not fair. Like the last person I was with too is like, 
it just wasn't fair. It wasn't fair. Like she said, she what she said she understood in the beginning, and she, she really did everything that she could. To be honest with you, she did everything she could. But when you spent when you laying in the bed for the fifth night in a row by yourself, you know what I mean. And I'm just up, and then I, and then I have this resentment because you're like, come and bother me. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Because I feel guilty already. I want to come to bed, but. I want to make you happy, but I can't come to bed right now. I almost got this figured out. I just got yeah. a new. I just got a new membership. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> to this whatever site this is, it's going to teach me how to use three D, and then I'm going to do this with this. Bro, I'm, I'm the gonna... same way. Yo, it's crazy relatable. Because <laughs> sometimes it feels it. like I, I can't get to bed until the mission's accomplished, yes. and there's always some new part to discover. Like I just recently started doing a lot of AI yes. studying and that kind of stuff. I just want to learn, even if I don't end up doing it. Like obviously, I hire colors for a music video, but I learned Da Vinci enough to be able to talk to a colorist and understand what it is. Right. Every piece of the job I like to learn and now with all the AI stuff I'm like oh my god yeah right you know? exactly that's scary that's scary like yeah. you know what like if you want to ladies if you want to go on a date if you want to go on a date with me okay I'm single now um, <laughs> and if you want to go on a date you better come right now because I'm getting on AI next week and so like, <laughs> I don't think I'll have any time okay I don't know how to turn on what I'm saying right now but you'll see you'll see You'll see. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. You know, and you're throwing all this into your, you're throwing all this into your life and we're, we're joking about it, but it's very true. Like these jokes come from some kind of truth. Yeah. And then there's this thing. I heard Neil Brennan say this. He almost got me, but he didn't. He said, you can spend a year, two years, five years, 10 years. You can spend half your life doing something. And I realized that that wasn't the thing that you should have been doing. Mm. And it is earth shattering. Mm. And when he said that, I was like, hmm. <laughs> and then I was like, mm, no, nah, not me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, this is what I'm here for. Right. You checked that you're like, yeah, yeah, not. Like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, pretty quick. Cause like, I was like, I, mean, I don't ever hear anything on TV. It's just playing by accident. And all of a sudden, I just look, it made me look up at the TV and I was like, what? And I, but you know, it was a reminder that, yeah, I've been doing this for a, a while. And it's just the beginning for me, man. I saw Martin Scorsese. Like, yeah. I was on YouTube and I saw him win um, an Academy Award for Departed. Yeah. He was like 80 then. <laughs> Like 80s winning for like first like I was like what? yeah no I feel the same I literally feel like everything I've done like I started when I was like 10 11 making skate videos and mm -hmm. then got into music videos and all that I'm 34 now it feels like all that was like school mm -hmm. I feel like I'm just now getting to the point to where I can make things look the way I want them to look and it's like oh I'm starting now mm -hmm. even though my resume has been going for a while I feel like a new artist every time like there's mm -hmm. so much more to create like mm -hmm. my best shit hasn't been made yet. Right, right. I right. love that feeling. Right. And yeah, you don't know you know what it's going to what's going to be. People are like, yo, what's your biggest video? And I'm like, I'm like, I don't, man. I mean, I know what you mean numbers wise. And I was like, it, ah. Yeah, but numbers and what you fight find the, the most successful video and what you think is right. your best video are never the same. Never the same. Yeah. They're never the same. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I, I did like that video, but right. I mean, what do we what, what what's what's the questions that we're asking? Like what what is it, you know, what what questions are we asking? And then people are asking questions that are a different they're at a different um at a different stop. Right. Pit stop in their um in their in their career, in their lives. Which artist uh did you have the best feeling of collaboration with where you felt that they appreciated your art form enough to trust your vision? And I'm sure they all do, but which one did you felt like, man, they really let me do my thing? Mm. Man, um, I've been blessed in that in that area. So when I say this, just know every other artist that I've worked with. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I've had it. I've I've had it really good, man. Um, I would have to say probably Neo. Yeah, probably Neo, or 
Swiss Beats, G G oh, Young oh. Young Jeezy or maybe Jennifer Lopez. I don't know. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, um, you felt that they had a good appreciation for you, yeah. and, and I learned you. something with. I learned a lot working with Usher, though. I, yeah. I learned a lot working with him. As a matter of fact, like we were on set. I'm never going to forget this. And he was like, "Let's put some more red on my face." And I was like, it's pretty red. It's pretty red. That that gel is kicking. He goes, mm, it's not red enough. But the monitors weren't turned toward him. So how does he know that? And I was like, well, how do you how do you how do you know that? You want me to show you the monitor? You see? He's like, oh, I don't need to see the monitor. Mm. He was like, it's not warm enough on my face. Oh, he was literally feeling it by the feeling how the heat. Hot. Wow. The heat. He what video like, was that for? Uh, I did a little freak with Nicki Minaj. Wow, Usher, yeah, and, and uh, you could tell that he just—he could tell that he and he said it with so much confidence, and it wasn't to like step on my toes or anything. It was just like, yo, this is how long I've been doing this. Mm. In fact, I don't have to see this, see the monitor. If I have to see the monitor, you shouldn't be here. <laughs> All right, so wow. I trust you well enough. I don't need to see the monitor, but I'm letting you know that that red, the temperature on my face, it's not—it's not hot enough. I know what it's like when. For that, for that heat. When it's hidden. Yeah. Especially back when we're using tungsten lights and and yeah. I moved it over and he's like, that's it right there. Wow. I'm like. <laughs> what was the first uh, major artist that you got to work with? And and what were the circumstances that led you there? From being like independent young director to, to being like, oh shit, I got what feels like a legit video. The first legit video I got, well, there was a record label involved, a major record label was the pack. Got my bands on, with the look like sneakers, got my bands on. Damn, I didn't do that video. But I did the video after that. It was a video called I'm Shining, and it was the pack. And they were on Jive Records. Hmm. Um, but they were from where I was from, and I had seen them around, you know what I mean? So they still felt like my peers, so it still felt like I was doing a local video, even right. though they were international. I mean, they were like all over the place. Got my Vans on was one of the biggest singles, you know what Isn't that funny how we don't count things sometimes right. if we felt like we already knew somebody in the right, camp? Right, right. We want it to be somebody count, that we don't know at right, all. Exactly. Yeah. You get drafted, it's your dad, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you know, no, no, really, I didn't have anything to do with it. It's old. You're like, oh, man. <laughs> Although I did see that really good video of the guy getting drafted to the Dallas Cowboys. It's funny I would say that, what it did. But, like, he got drafted to the Dallas Cowboys, and his dad, he was waiting for the phone call. His dad called, and he was like, hey, what's up, dad? He was like, hey, man, um, you want to come to work with me on Monday? And I was like, oh, because his dad's a coach. Mm. But, and that was, like, a moment. Uh, I, I had never seen a better moment than that. Not to change the subject, but. No, that's so that a point I just moment. made. The point I just made is kind of a, excuse my language, a shitty point, because <laughs> that was actually one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. But in most cases, you just want to do it on your own. You want to know that you were doing it on your own. You don't want any signs of anything. Like what told me that I would make, I was making it, I need to be in a different city that I've never been to before, working with an artist that I don't know, but a whole bunch of people that hired me. Like I'm, I don't have, I didn't go to school yeah. and I have insecurities at this time too yeah. because everyone's like laughing at me. Right. I was on the radio with the team or with the group that, you know, I was working with the team and they were on the radio and it just so happens that the radio um, VJ at the time was like, oh, Taj. Hey, man, I've been hearing your name a lot on these mixtapes and stuff like that because they shoot my name out. Right. He goes, uh, you're a DJ, right? And I wasn't a DJ. And I was like, I was like, yeah, but I'm, I'm about to start doing music videos. I'd never been on the radio before. I was like, yeah, I'm about to start doing music videos. And he was like, 
You see, guys, that's what I'm talking about. One thing at a time. What is he talking about? He's doing music videos. Just be a DJ. Da, da, da. And he really said this to all these millions of people. Oh, shit. T- saying that I should be focusing on one thing. I'm like, how do you know what I should be focusing on? Mm. You don't know me. And so that was my first time feeling like, well, what are you going to do with this? All right. Someone challenged you and put you out there and tried to embarrass you. What are you going to do with it, though? You going to make it about him? Or are you going to take that and... Don't make it about showing him because that won't go far enough. Right. Right. Make it about showing everyone that's listening mm. and anyone they may tell. You and that's a saying? critical choice because <laughs> some people would have had that and be like, oh, I guess you're right. Mm. No, you're right. But it, it, just because somebody gives you resistance doesn't mean you have to roll with it. Sometimes the resistance is there to just make sure that you're on the path. It's like when you're going across a bridge, if it's like a little wooden plank, you don't just run across it. You, you test it a little bit. Is this thing that really going to hold me up? So if right. you say you're a director, he's going to be like, nah. Yeah, he was like, I don't know, man. You know, and he was like, uh, yeah, he's like the one thing, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, oh, really? And that ended. It was kind of like we went to commercial or whatever. <laughs> we'll be right back after yeah, these we'll messages. Right, we'll right, yeah, yeah. I've embarrassed him in front of everybody, people. We're going to go ahead. You guys go sit back in traffic and laugh at Taj. And uh, we'll be back after this, okay? <laughs> I'm going to completely ignore him when we get off here and walk the other direction. Bye. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, what the hell just happened, you know? And I was looking and they were all like kind of laughing. Like, oh, man, that was messed up, you know? And I'm like, oh, y'all laughing? I'll be right back. Because here's the thing. I don't do anything. I've been pretty fair. I don't get in people's way. I don't do things that I'm not good at. Right. Like, I'll try things, and I'll notice I'm not good at it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mm-hmm. won't go onto a basketball court and play five on five if I see people going left and right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Setting screens, calling out the screens. And if it looks like anything, I'm not going to do it. I want to go. I want to play at my level. I don't want to disturb people. I don't want to stand in the way right. of even a pickup game where people are, I know people aren't on my level. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or I know I'm not on their level. And if I'm not passionate about it, I don't want to do it. Right. Why stand in the way? Of that, you know what I'm saying? So I won't. I'm better off. You know how I'm gonna be on your team? I'm gonna be on your team by not being on your team. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna keep be on your team by because oh, I'm gonna keep walking. I'm gonna be on your team because you're never gonna remember me because I never came onto this court. Yeah. I don't my, my, my point is is I don't play, I'm not passionate about basketball. I really never have been. So I don't play basketball. Wherever I'm playing, whenever I have the ball, there's someone else that had a ball in their hand that's passionate right. about it. So why do that? You know what I'm saying? So when I say I'm gonna do something. You better, you should back me up or just don't say anything. Right. Because you, know you only do shit that you're really passionate do, about, which and, is why and, now you're doing the sneakers. And I'm going to go do it. Yeah. And when I said that, people were kind of scratching their heads like, like, well, how are you going to do that? And I was just like, well, it's a good question. But that's, I think I'll answer that question as I'm doing it. Just stay tuned, you know, just stay tuned because I want to do it. But I only, I didn't assess, I didn't just assess that I wanted to do it, but that I deserved it. You yes. know what I'm saying? I'm deserving of it. Like I'm deserving of it. And I've waited all this time. You know what I mean? And I have gray hair. <laughs> I have gray hair. You know, I have gray hair and I'm now stepping out to do it, to do it this way. And I had opportunities to have influence for shoe deals and different things like that. I'm a creative director. People know that. Right. So my brother, my whole, my, my family, everyone in my family is an artist. So right. it's like, I had these opportunities, but they weren't the opportunities that I wanted. It didn't align with you it fully. Align, if you know who I am, you'll say, Tosh, what do you want to do? Mm. You know what I'm saying? What do you want to do? And you'll and you'll allow me to show you what I want to do because I'm not just going to bring the design for the shoe. Right. I'm going to bring phase two. I'm bring phase one, phase two, phase three. Yes. Of the branding and everything. And it doesn't mean we have to do that. But I want you to know how far I'm willing to go, what I'm willing to do, and I'm willing to do it. These aren't just fantasies. Right. By the way, let me take you back in here so I can show you the boards that I did. <sighs> you know what I'm saying? Like I was ready. I was ready for you to. When you said you were coming, I was ready for you to come. I was I was already ready. 
You know what I'm saying? That's I looked dope. up. I looked up and asked what you like to eat. That's why. That's why it's not a coincidence that that food is in there prepared for you like that. Like I, I'm prepared. Yes. I'm prepared because I've been so. I've seen what happens when you're unprepared. I've been unprepared, and I've suffered the consequences of that. And and what what hurts the most is what you have, what you know about yourself when you didn't do what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And you, that really is the worst feeling the worst when I feel, feel like I know I could have done better, but I didn't. <laughs> right. Yeah. You you remember when you copped out and you're like, oh, I'll just do this. I don't feel like. And you try, you, you try to like, you can't cheat it, man. You can't. Because you know, because even if somebody gives you props, and by the way, you, uh, we talked about set design before, your pillows a little quicker, no. if you want to yeah. adjust that. See, that's what I'm talking about, see? That's a man that is dedicated Boom. to his craft. Um, looking like Willie Lump Lump. Because you know, outside validation only goes so far, and we all like it to some degree, but when somebody tells me I've done a good job, but I know I could have done better, I can't even accept the compliment. I'm like, oh, thank you. But right, like, eh. right. Right, right. But my mother also tells me too, when someone gives you a compliment, because like, you know, people will be like, oh, I love this piece of art. And I'll be like, yeah, I wish I didn't leave all that to the, the, right here. Or <laughs> my mom's like, yo, don't, don't rock, don't steal from people. Like, don't, don't do that. Just because you didn't do what you were supposed to do or you feel like you didn't or whatever it is, don't rob people of their joy. If someone's enjoying something, don't take that away from them by pointing right. out the flaws. So, and that's also selfish too, because you want them to bask in your guilt. As well, oh, you know that's saying? a great way to put it. Yeah, so it's like don't don't do that. Don't cop out for the second time. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like receive the compliment. Yeah, yeah, receive yeah. the compliment, and you eat that, and you know that it could have been even much better. Right. So you know, so just yeah, keep that note to yourself that yeah. the light could have been more red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You eat that. You have to live with that. You know. Because when people watch art, they don't they don't get to hear the footnotes. The director can't be like, by the way, the weather was bad that day, right, so we didn't right. get the shot we wanted. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Which was dope because there was a music video that was like that. I think I can't remember who it was for, but it was a Chief Keef or someone didn't show up to set. And the video went just it went all different types of ways. And then they showed up like three hours or four hours later or whatever it was. And they made that the whole video. And they made that the whole video and they're talking. They're like, this was supposed to be like this, but he didn't show up. So we had I to remember do it like that. This. It was part of the concept. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. It just broke that wall. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, instead of panicking, it's like, oh, we have the masterpiece right here. Yes. I think that perspective is really important to not panic. Because at some point, if it already happened, Mm -hmm. you have to make something out of it. Right. Make everything usable. Right. The answer is always right there. Or else you wouldn't be here. The answer is right there. It's right there. (laughs) You just got to figure it out. And maybe it wasn't the, it wasn't what you thought it was going to be in the beginning, but it's right there. Is the camera working? Okay, well then you're good. Is any camera working? Yeah. Okay. You're good. Can you, is any kind of light you can figure Bro, out? That's funny you say that because I did my first uh, Disney spot last year and we were filming something at the park and uh, the, the fireworks were supposed to go off for the shoot and mm-hmm. we all had to be ready for it. But the fireworks went like five minutes early mm-hmm. and the main cam, the AC was still building it and we had a BTS cam. And we were like, roll it. Well, you, 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 got to, you got to, you got yeah. to, you know what I'm saying? Whatever camera's working. Whatever Point camera's working, yeah. yeah. No, oh man, your heart was beating. We were literally yeah. like building the lens and right. we're like, is that supposed <laughs> to be going off right now? <laughs> oh my God, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> that reminds me of that scene from a Tropic Thunder, the yeah, movie yeah, where the yeah. explosion happens. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta record it, you gotta record it, you gotta press record, man. You gotta press record. Yeah. What, what are some uh, uh, mistakes you've made on set that are funny and are memorable? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dre will like this one. No, let me bring this <laughs> Some mistakes I've made. Um, oh, hmm. mm. All right. So I was shooting a commercial for the WB. For WB, this is probably 2014. 
It was for Vampire Diaries. And it was a massive set. So I was shooting. I was the director for Vampire Diaries. And I was the director for, um, what's the other show? Supernatural. Okay. And I was shooting the commercial. So half this set was over here. Other half was over here. And um, it was something about vampires not being able to be welcomed in. I mean, you have to welcome them in for them to come into the home. I was like, well, what if they came through mirrors? And I, and then <laughs> oh. straight ego. I just was enjoying the performance too much. Not even thinking that like, what if they love this idea that you've never done before? And now you have to, you have to like, you know, audition it. And what, what if you, what you're trying to audition has to be built before you can audition it, by the way, the shoots in three days, bro. Right. So watch what you're pitching because whatever you pitch there, assume that you can do it. Right. So I pitched this mirror thing and it was like a hexagon mirrors and, and I had to place mirrors here. So the idea was to shoot into these mirrors as they're spinning, shooting to these mirrors, and you're moving to catch the reflection of this mirror that's hitting this reflection, bouncing back. Sounds good in theory. Sounds good in theory. Oh my <laughs> God, that thing started spinning. And next thing I know, I was just seeing like everything. It was not working. You can see the cameras. You oh can my see God, the... my heart was beating. My, 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 my editor, my best friend, he was dying. He, like, he thinks his story is hilarious. He wasn't even there. And he always go, yo, tell that story about it. He thinks it's so funny because I was so scared. My heart was beating so bad. That I usually go up to client. I like to go up to the client and say, "Hey, you know, how's, how's everyone feeling?" Da, da, da. But I usually do that when I know everyone's feeling good, right? Right, and it, lo and it looks good, and I'm delivering great. I did not go over there. I went the opposite direction, and I was like, "Okay." Uh, so I was like, 10 one, then we'll get to the rehearsal." We were rehearsing though, right? So now right. I have to make it seem like we weren't rehearsing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, "We can turn it." I was like, "We can turn the monitors on too." And they're like, "Oh, they're already on." Oh, you guys saw that? Oh, you weren't supposed to see that. I'll be right back. But I went to the bathroom and I was like, "All right, pull yourself together, bro." I didn't even use the bathroom. I was just in the bathroom. I was like, okay, pull yourself together. Think. Take it back to the basics because that's usually what happens. We don't go back to the basics when we panic. Mm -hmm. We try to go even further. Right. We try to think of some magical thing that we can do we haven't done. Like, that's why you're in trouble right now, bro. Yeah. So go back to the basics. You didn't get to troubleshoot this. You didn't get What do you do? Condense the set. Bring them closer. Subject closer. Go long lens. What that's going to do. Is it's going, it's going to make you going to be within minimum sometimes when it spins when something's spinning and it has edges that means that this is going to be in minimum then it's going to go out of minimum it's going to go in the end. but make sure that the flat part the reflection part yeah is going to be is going to be within it's going to be um, outside of minimum focus so it's going to be in focus but when it spins it'll go out of focus well, when it's out of focus that transition that happens that blur right there is a distraction right that's why you don't mind if you see like you don't a, mind if you see it yeah take that light over there bounce it into it. bounce it. take that light over here hot light right just Right Stim to the it down, rifle it, right, right into the right into this uh this mirror over here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Put somebody on this mirror to swivel it against it, against the movement, right? Against the movement, and then switch it up counterclockwise. Switch the set. Boom, boom, boom. Best shot of the day. Wow. Easy. You know what I'm saying? I'm wow. Like, and that's what it's really made of. It's just like, yo, you're not gonna be perfect all the time. It it looks it looks terrible. And I honestly I did panic. I panicked, but no one saw it. No one saw me panic. And that's the thing, it's like no one saw me panic. And I was like, okay, and being a professional doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect all the time. It's accepting on the spot why it's not going well all the way from the beginning. Like you knew you didn't have the time. You've never done this before. You know what I'm saying? There's engine, there's, you're building a little robot with a motor on it. Right. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't have a, it's not, this is not AI. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not AI, man. Okay. Yeah. It's not like, it's not trying to get you the perfect shot. It's literally just spinning. You know what I'm saying? It's not balanced. All these different things. Now, what are you going to do? And what are you going to do? And what do you know about photography? What have you learned over the years from the very first things that you shot back in your early days all the way to now? What have you learned? 
And most of the things I learned, they weren't even on the shoots that I, were, I was being paid for. It weren't for the jobs, the magazine covers or anything. It's just the things where I took out my, took my friends out or the girl that I liked or whatever it was. And, and just fucked around and, and tried shit. just fucked shit. around just tried shit where I felt free. Wow. And I discovered stuff and, I, and no one was going to tell me, yo, Taj, we, got 30, we only got 30 minutes left. Or, you know, or my agent being like, hey, the client wants to see this. No, it's just me learning, being in love with it. You know what I'm saying? Trying to get somebody to be so many me. lessons <laughs> to pull from that because on one hand you started your whole career by putting yourself in a position that you didn't know what to do right like me right like we just fuck it I'll be a director mm-hmm. right so that that like pe- going into the unknown is important mm-hmm. but when you're pitching for a client you're right, right. whatever you put in your pitch they're right. assuming you can do it <laughs> mm-hmm. so watch your ego man yeah watch your ego uh, I think that that may have been the video, the the job where and this has happened to me a couple of times where I think this is one of them. Where somebody was like, oh, so you're Taj. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, okay, so we're going to get to see some of that magic that I've been hearing about? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's eat the ego. Our ego just be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, the magic. Yes. Yes, of course. Of course. Magic, of course. You know what? I'm going to take the sky, the literal sky, and I'm going to bring it down with my hand. <laughs> it's going to turn to water. It's evaporate. You better make that happen, dude. You better make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, So I, I, I just, I had to laugh at myself. I remember when the whole shoot was over, I'm sitting in my car. I'm the last person in the parking lot. Right. And I was just sitting in my car. I wasn't ready to go home. And because uh, I was still had the, I wanted that, the energy of the set. Like I remember pulling up to that set early in the morning and leaving like 14, 15 hours later. And it's no one there. The last truck's pulling out. My car's still up against the wall. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, Phew. right. And you're like, yeah, I did the job. And I'm not thinking about the check or anything like another check. No, no, no. You're learning now. Yes. You're learning because you had to go to war. You had to go to war here. You had to like, you know, and it was all on you and you had to fix yourself. You had to, and you had to, and you had to come back. You had to come back and fix everything, man, without people knowing that you didn't know what you were doing. And that goes back to what we said earlier about knowing different skill sets. Because if you were just focused on directing, but you weren't thinking about the photography of it, then you, then the panic would have been seen. Right. People would have been seen that you're trying to figure it out. But no, you had to know enough about photography to know, okay, yes. Right. I remember when it came out, when the commercial actually came out. I was like looking at it and I realized that this is what I didn't think about that because there's these lines to make the hexagon, you know, mm-hmm. you can just use slices of it. So I learned something else too in the edit. What they did was they took slices of it. They just took slices and deleted everything else. So you take oh. this, delete everything else and you take a slice of this. So they were, they, they, they mixed it, mixed up the hexagon. So the hexagon was like, Oh, right. They were like cutting the frames. Yeah. 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 The frames. And I was like, and I'm like, oh, whoever did that has a whole other experience. And they right. see something different. They have a different relationship with shape. Yes. And with lines and, and what, what can be done with lines, like the benefit of having hard lines. Isn't that so beautiful that everybody has different levels of expertise mm-hmm. and possibilities? Mm-hmm. Which means that I wasn't in trouble at all in the first place anyway. What a lesson, though. What a lesson. Fuck. Where do you keep your ideas now? Do you put them on paper? Are they on a computer? A mix of everything. Like, mm. if you have an idea in the in the Uber on the way out here today, where does it go? Uh, it would go on my phone. It would go on my phone in my notes. Then I would transfer that. I would airdrop that to my computer when I get home, and then I would put that on on a drive named Max. Um, it's the only drive that doesn't have handwriting on it. <laughs> named Max, um, and um, put that there. I used to just you know take that, plug that in, and I take Max and put it wherever I put it, store it, just so I know I have a backup of it. Um, so everything is digital? You don't do a lot of paper? Um, 
when I'm sketching something for like an art piece or something like that, you know, I will. Um, like I do like posters and stuff like that too. So promo posters and stuff. So yeah, when it comes to that, like graphically, like I don't like to spend a lot of time like on the computer trying to figure things out digitally. I like to just sketch them really, really fast and just see them as they, as they, as they come out. And then I can look at the, you can even see where I was applying more pressure. Wherever I'm applying more pressure, I was most comp, I was more confident about that. Whenever you see it like right. fuzzy or whatever, that's where I'm trying to figure out either, wow. either it's a lack of skill where I don't, I can't figure out how to make it real. I had to make it look like what, I, what I'm seeing. Yeah. Right. Um, or I'm not that too sure about what's going to go right there. You can see it though, and you can see wow. where I'm. Really By how confident. hard the line is, you can feel your is, level yeah. of certainty. Yeah, you can that's see amazing. It. Yeah, but you, you can look at my old work. I have some old work that my aunt used to keep a lot of my work. My mom too, but my aunt in particular, my aunt Elizabeth. Um, she used to keep a lot of my work, and uh, uh, yeah. Do you journal at all on a personal note? Mm-hmm. I have a, uh, well, I have a, um, a blog that I don't ever tell any. It's just like a, it's just a journal for me, and I just write on it. it has zero views. It's a collection. It's, it's of, like a digital way to save it. Yeah. yeah, it's a collection of all the birthdays of people I love. Oh, I name, love that. The name of it, and it's just like. A whole bunch of ones and twos and eights and zeros and sevens and <laughs> nines and you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, a whole bunch of numbers or whatever. But I know the numbers and I know the numbers in sequence because because of the names are in alphabetical order. So I know what birthdays those are. So but just, do you journal like you know today I felt lonely like that kind of shit or is it more just like random memories? Uh, yeah, I'm on phone. I'm on, on phone? video. Oh really? Mm-hmm. You do personal video, video diaries? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Because I can always use the audio too, even if it looks shitty or if it's too dark. Yeah. I can always use the audio, but I can hear, say things out loud. Like, so I went to therapy. Well, I went to therapy and that's what led to this. We'll talk about this in a second. Well, that's the therapist, but I went to therapy and he was like, you know, don't let people make you feel like you're crazy when you're talking to you, when you talk out loud. Mm. Let it be a routine. Like inspire people to do it because- you can hear your bullshit. Yes. You can hear your bullshit. You know what I'm saying? When you, if you lower your voice when you say it, if you change up your body language when you're saying something, you can't lie to yourself. Yes. You're I, the only person you can't lie to. You cannot lie to yourself. It's impossible to lie to yourself. It shows up in the voice, It shows up in the man. voice. It shows up. You just can't. You know what I mean? You're preparing to lie. Yeah. So I can, saw somebody say that if you can't say what you're about to do out loud, then you don't really want to do it. Right, like, like if you can't, I think in in this case it was like in the context of like a of a, of a dating conversation. It's like if you can't look a girl in the eyes and tell her specifically what you want to do with her, like even sexually, then you're not even sure you want to do it. Like right. if you, you know, so so it's like when I have ideas, because in my mind there's all these conversations happening, but then when I voice note it out, it's like, oh, that doesn't sound very confident. I don't know if I agree with that one, man. But the host, because I'll tell you why. Because there's a lot of things that I think, and I'll be looking at a girl and say, there's. She's just beautiful, and it's just a lot of things that I'm thinking that we'll, won't say on here. Right. And I think a lot of things. I'm not saying I, I'm not. I'm not having difficulty saying them to her because I don't know if I want to do it or not. Oh, I for sure want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> One thousand percent want to do it. What I am thinking about is what is the right thing to say. That allows you to do it. That allows me to do it. Where, where you want to. Not just allow, where you're, where you're just, you're in just as much as me. Yes. Where you are like, you know, that's a great idea, you know? And that's what I'm thinking. I know I only have this much amount of time before you read it on me and smell the thirst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> like, you know, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so that one, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Are there any books that have uh, uh, touched you, inspired you? Like, where do you draw knowledge from? Um, really, movies, conversations. So there's like, there's like these. So if you go to my house, there's books every like laying around everywhere. Um, I kind of have like I have some of like some of the typical books, and that's not to take anything away from the artist. But you know, everybody has that pink Keith Haring book. It's like a pink Keith Haring book. It says Haring on the back. Everybody has this book. Like if you look in Architectural Digest, everybody has this book. You guys know what I'm talking about, the pink Keith Haring book. So okay. I have books like that. But honestly, I learned about Keith Haring before I even bought that book. Mm. I bought that book to, I bought that book as like a rite of, almost like a rite of passage. I already knew everything about, not everything, but I already knew a lot about Keith Haring. Everything that was in that book, I knew about Keith Haring. You know what I'm saying? I've done my research on Keith Haring. I've fallen asleep watching documentaries on Keith Haring. Like people that touched other people, even if I, even if their medium of art wasn't anywhere like you know similar to mine, congruent to mine, I didn't even have to really like the art, but I love when people use their art to touch people. Yes, you can learn something about an architect right. or about yeah. That is the greatest form of art, yeah. no matter what medium it is. So yeah, um, knowing that he would his murals would be outside the children's hospital. Mm. stuff like that and, and you know and he actively and he knew that he was he was sick he knew that he had he had AIDS and when he kept and he just kept going he lived his purpose all the way to the very end like Chadwick Boseman all the way to the very end how trippy is that the Chadwick didn't tell anybody and just stayed true to to to, to just creating because he was sending, he wanted us to send he wanted to send a message to us he wanted to send a message to us about what your true purpose is while you're breathing and you're on this earth to the very last breath you do every single thing you can. You live in your purpose to every single moment that you can. Every single moment. You can't do anything about me being sick. You can't. I have my family. Yeah, I'm scared. It hurts. I'm sure he's going through a lot of pain. I have my family for that. That's what it comes down. This is what family is for. You know, but my effect on the entire world, I can't have the seven billion. How many people are there in this world? Or any ever you know, people that he's going to affect. I can't fit all those people in my house. I can't give, I can't, we don't, it's not realistic, right? right. So, but this is why I'm here, <clears throat> my purpose. And so my purpose is how I speak to the world. Yes. You know what I'm saying? The things that I whisper in my family's ears are the things I say to my family. Yes. My purpose is is, is, is equally important. And so I'm not going to distract you. Right, because it, it's not like we could do anything about it anyway. Exactly. If he already knows it's... it's Exactly, I'm not going to distract you. And I'm going to show you what a real leader is and that I embrace my purpose. When you embrace it, it's one thing to say, like, oh, I know my purpose because you're good at something, right? So it's like, my purpose is to play basketball. It's like, no, your purpose is to affect people through basketball. And then you do, and then use that platform and do something else. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, like one of the best things Michael Jordan ever did was went and hit 183 playing baseball mm. to show us what Mike, to show us the man in him. Cause yes. he was such a, he's like, it's Michael Jordan. He's Michael Jordan. It's not even a human name. It's Mike, he's Michael Jordan. Right. Okay, that's it is basketball. It, it, Michael Jordan sounds more like basketball than basketball. Yes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So it's like that's Michael Jordan, and and then he goes and, he, and he's like, even his batting stance, he didn't look like the big baseball player. You know what I'm saying? And he struck out more than anything. He hit that one home run, and we was like, and he was so happy. And then he went back and he wore number forty five, and it was he 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 was he was a human again. He became a superhero when he showed us that he was human. Yes. And it must have been so brave to after when you're already on the pedestal for something to try something else where you're not as great. It shows that you're willing to be a student and then you're willing to to, to seek greatness in other That's ways. That's what we need more of. Yes. 
That's what we need more of. We need a mixture of, of both. We need that hero that understands what it's like to be a hero. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a major misunderstanding of what strength is, what strength, what, what it means. You know what I'm saying? There's a major misunderstanding of like, of like, you know, of like, um, people think that like revenge is like, you know, showing strength. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't let nobody push me around. I don't let nobody do this to me. And so I went out and I did this and I'm like, yo, but it was harder. It was hard. It would be much harder to actually restrain yourself. Right. And you know that that revenge is only, only, is only going to breed more problems yes. down the line. You know what I'm saying? And so it's a selfish, it's a selfish act and, and it's easier said than done, but that's why there are way more followers than there are leaders. You know what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. very, very hard to like, understand these things, embrace them, and then carry them out. It's just very hard. Man, life is hard, man. This is hard. And you're an artist, this is very hard. Like, I wake up every day, and I turn on, um, I won't tell people what websites. That's the only <laughs> thing I'll keep a secret. But I turn on these websites, and I watch things. And one website just shows me horrible things yeah. that are happening. And I watch them, and I, and I, I, take, that, I take that in. My job is to, is to inhale chaos, inhale everything and then exhale, exhale it in a way where I'm telling people that like I understand how they feel based on what's going on in the world. Man, this is such a reassuring conversation because I feel like that's a very similar process. Like I, I like to turn on websites that I agree with or that I don't agree right. with. I just kind of see what are the people on the opposite end of the spectrum saying. Right. What's it, and like and I kind of like wow. So I kind of get a taste of what the world is vibrating at right. to feel like where am I gonna pierce in through this? Right. What do I want to contribute to in the midst of all this chaos? Right. At some point I, I tried to stop it, but I was like, no, it kind of gives me perspective. Because if everybody's going through pain, I need to know what pain they're going through. Right. There's way more pain than there is evil in the world. And wherever there was evil, there was definitely pain first. So I just feel like there's just a lot of it. So you just That's powerful. I'll say it again. You no, know I'm saying like there's way more pain in the world than evil just by default, because wherever there was evil, there was pain there first. Right, pain leads pain to leads the evil. To, it leads to that, you know what I'm saying? And, and evil is kind of like the absence of, of the understanding of, yeah. of, of that pain, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, and, lack of, and a lack, a lack of empathy. Yes. You can be looking at evil, you can be looking at it right in the eyes as evil, looking at it as evil and becoming and, and be working on becoming that and not even know it. Yes. It's just like, because it's hard. It's just hard, it's hard to get it it's hard to get it right. And I just think that like, yo, the major, major sign, the, 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 the only sign, the major sign, the only thing that I, when I get up and I breathe and I'm awake and I'm alive for another day, I'm like, I, I've, been given, I've been granted another opportunity to continue, to continue to do, to do what I do. And whenever I, I, I've suffered a lot. So whenever I do something right <laughs> and I feel it, I feel it through others. I'm not good at, I don't really celebrate much. Right. I don't celebrate much. I can't, I don't have the shelving to take compliments, mm. really. I'm so happy for the double tap button, or I can just double tap the heart. Thanks. Right. I appreciate you. Oh, Taj, you're a genius, man. Thanks. <laughs> I can't like take that. You know what I'm saying? I'm a genius. I left my kids. I'm a genius. I forgot. I left his lunch at home. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> I left his lunch at home. He had dress socks. <laughs> like, like, oh, man. I watched this. What's the name? Well, hot water. His white shirt pink now. I'm like, oh, man. I'm a genius. I'm a genius. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, man. I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate me if you feel that way, you know. But let me tell you, it's not that, it's not that much of a difference between me and you. Um, the, the main thing, if there's anything that's genius about me, is that, and I'm, I am proud of myself for this, is I'm still afraid of things, mm. but I don't let it control what I do anymore. So I can be afraid of something, but I'll go, I'll go straight at it. If I've determined that 
I have to go get through this to go where I'm going. And there's no other way around it. Yeah, because you're not going to be fearless always. You, right. you might feel the fear, just do it anyway. Right. And so it's not saying, it's not, it's not like, you, know, you, can't, you, can't be, you can't be scared. You can't be afraid. That's not real. Yeah. There's some things to be afraid of. Yes. Here, there's this fear is real. Yes. Is in those fears that we have, those thoughts yeah. of what may happen, right. there's a chance that that may happen. That's right. why we're afraid. Yeah. That's this it doesn't make sense to tell people to be fearless. Because that's not real. Right. You're you you like you know you're you're asking them now you're asking them to cower. There's no other option. Or to feel there's something wrong with right. them because they're afraid. And right. being fearless and careless are two different things. Right. Fearless is jumping out of a plane. Careless is not having a parachute. Right. Straight to that's like a t-shirt or oh, that might that might used to be a nice sweater. Oh no, it's really bars. <laughs> bars. Um, Real rap raw. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no man. Seriously, seriously, and like I said, these things are the thing that you have to you have to get better every day. It's an everyday thing. It's an everyday thing. You know what I mean? It, it may take me longer to like charge toward that, you know, whatever it is I'm afraid of on a Tuesday than, than I was, you know, the day before. I don't know. It's like, but every day you're trying to get better. You're trying to get better. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I can think of a lot of instances and that's what I think regret is for too. When I, when you get better at something, you become a different person. You make a transition in your life and you evolve. You'll look back at when you were the person that ran from things. Mm. And there's no way you can go back and fix those things. Right. And you don't have communication with that person. You've lost the trust if, that, mm. if it involved another person, if it did, you know what I mean? Or whatever it is. And you have to live with that. You have to live with that and just know that that's always going to be there. You, you know, it's always going to be there. You can't fix the past. But there's another person in front of you that's depending on you now, too, that calls you a friend. Don't let this person down. Right. That's all you can do is just right. do it better now. Right. And this, and like, yo, in so many instances, man, you'll be the, you can be the villain, you can be the hero. It depends on what vantage point it's right. coming from. You either you know die a superhero or live long enough you to become the villain. <laughs> and it's, it's trippy, right? Everybody has a different experience of you. Like everybody that's met Taj has a slightly different perspective of mm -hmm. Taj, even though you're the same, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, like I've, I've had clients that think, oh, you're wonderful. And clients where I've dropped the ball, and I'm like, oh, they, they think of me very differently. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Some people bring you a cake, the other people are going to throw it in your face like, you fucking dick. <laughs> I try to, you know, and I'm like, I, I try to balance it out, but I can't, I can't promise you that, you know, and then sometimes I do my best and I do my best and I'm like, yo, I killed that. And then you're just on a completely different, it's just every now and then it's just, and it's so unexpected when it happens. I'm like, I killed that. That's perfect. All right, we can move on. You can tell me, give me the check. It's going to be great. Give me the other half. It's great. You know, yeah. and they're like, that's, we were looking for something completely different. I, we were thinking about doing this, you know, or I've written a perfect treatment. And the day before they're like, no, we changed singles. Right, it didn't the song and you put up so many hours into the right, and put hours, hours, and just not just hours, but it's like, yo, I did like, like every page. These aren't just references I just put together in blocks off of like Google Images or off of like you know Shot Deck. Like, no, I took this, put this into Photoshop. So I made it a painting. I double layered it. You know what I'm saying? I used the gradient tool. You know what I'm saying? Did yeah. Races. Uh, you know, blended it. I added outer shadow over here. I added me. I brought me into it. I'm trying to give you. I'm trying to give you a treatment where you want to keep it. Right. You want to keep the treatment. You right. To so where the treatment itself is a piece of art. Where the treatment itself is a piece of art. Like I didn't just, you know, and it was like, no one asked you to do that. That's, that's, that's you. So now you have to figure that out on your own. That's do you ever bank treatments? Like if somebody doesn't take this one, do you say, well, I'm gonna keep the idea for later? It never works for me. Doesn't work? No, because it's so particular. I'm, I'm always mm -hmm. trying to like, I research artists, especially with music videos. I do a lot of narratives. I direct a lot of narratives. Yeah. And I'm telling these stories 
And, and most of this, so every narrative that I've ever told in any music video, a narrative has been about me in some kind of way, right? Interesting. It's like, yeah, in some, because I tell those stories the best, like, right. because I, I'm investigating. Write what you know. Yeah, I'm writing what I know and I'm still dealing with these things. Yeah. So I don't do it when I'm over it and I'm not dealing with it anymore. And it's like, oh, I figured that out. No, no, that's not the story. I want to tell you, I want you to see the story where there might be parts of it where you're like, oh, why did you make that decision? And that's because I, that's a, that's, I'm still trying to figure out why I did. And when it came down to, re, to recreate it, I know, the, I know that awkward decision more than I know what I should have done, I guess. Like, yeah. If that makes any sense, you know? So it has a real human element it to it. It has the details to it, you know, and how and what, you know, jarring pain looks like when you think everything was good and you're on vacation with your man and then he gets up and goes to the bathroom at six o'clock in the morning before you guys get on the plane and his phone rings and you look at it and it says, baby, last night was fun. Mm. Right? And you look at what that looks like. You know what I'm saying? Like what that looks like. It's like, it's like the real imper yeah. imperfections of human experience it that really, make yeah. it. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. It has to be so authentic. Right. And you have to create this authentic experience too on set as much as possible without turning into a magician where you're trying to trick people all the time. But like in G-Eazy's video, me, myself, and I did this video where he goes, he's dealing with his very first big single, you know, just me, myself, and I. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, and um, if you watch the behind the scenes, maybe that's why we didn't work together no more. <laughs> if you watch the behind the scenes, he was really tripping out how I knew that this same exact thing that I wrote, it's the same exact thing that happened, to his, happened at his birthday party. Mm. And so, and it's behind the scenes, you can see him thinking about it and then he can see him like not really feeling comfortable. Because it was too personal almost? It was almost. too personal. He was like, but how did he know that? He weren't there. It was a you know what I'm saying? And he was yeah. like, he, and he said, he said it to me a, a few times and I just thought it was like, you know, joking or whatever. But he's also the kind of person where he doesn't need to whisper to you or pull you to the side to ask you a personal question. Or to he, he's just he's used to being upset out loud in front of everybody. His life was chaotic. So right. when he was asking that, he was really asking me, like, oh, how do you know that this happened? <laughs> and I'm like, and he, my answers weren't good enough for him. I was like, I'm like, I don't know. I wasn't there, but I would imagine right. that this is what you're dealing with. I would imagine this is what you're dealing with because we're so similar. Right. I would imagine this is what you're dealing with. I have to imagine because you're famous, famous. I'm popular. You're right. famous. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I could imagine this because every black man has imagined what it's like to be white. Mm. I could imagine this because, um, you know, one of your friends told me or what, what, you know, what it was like. I could imagine this because I saw something similar in another movie. I could imagine it's all things that are life, thoughts, experiences, all these different things that bring me to the same place as you. Yeah. What's similar about me and him is that we we emote. We're both emote and we emote with everything that we have. So the things that you hear that are jarring, like when Eminem first came out, yeah. you're saying these things, it was like it was like it's like it's too much, too much. Just drown you and concentrate. It was just concentrate. Right. No, no, it wasn't nothing watered down. Nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when you get into the mind of Stan. I've been writing you and you haven't writing me back. And it was going back in the personalities. I guess it got lost in the mail and da da da, da and his voice. It's like it has so much realness. It has so much realness to it, man. Art has to be so kind of selfish or like authentic to the right. artist. Because the truer it is for you, somebody out there will relate to it. And that's because it's one of his fears too, because he knew how powerful he was. And he knew that he's going to speak so much truth that there are going to be people that dress like him mm. and do the, and put their and make their hair blonde. Yeah. And pay more attention to yeah. being like him and getting and getting what they'll never get from him. Yeah. Right. To the point where they want to be him. Right. To the point where he needs to go. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? That is an understanding and a fear that's gained from knowing what you're going to do in the world. That's why it felt so real. What an amazing record. <laughs> it was an amazing record, bro. And the things like when he was toy soldiers, like Eminem been getting a lot of a lot of flack lately, right? I get it. We don't hear Eminem in the club. I get it. He wasn't ever meant for the club. He wasn't. So I don't know when people say that. I'm like, yeah, I only never heard nobody with Eminem in the club. I'm like, that's probably one of the most ignorant statements. Because yeah, you don't heard. hear lyric, a lot of lyrical stuff in the yeah, club. I'm like, yeah, 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 I never requested Eminem in the club either. Yeah. Right. So what are you talking it's about? The time and place for that. It's not the time and place for that. But there was a time and place for him, obviously. Yes. Right. And I think that like he knew that, which is why he was gone for so long. And I think that's a little bit disheartening too. Is that like it's like, you know, when we're just streaming and stuff, like, you know what I mean? Like, you pay for that kind of stuff. You pay for that. You used to pay for that. I'm, this is a crazy interview, man. I remember the first time <laughs> I heard Eminem. It was the first time I heard a song with cuss words. I think I was like 12 years old or something. And I, it felt like we were doing drugs. Like this girl <laughs> played it for me, and she played like that song, Kill You. you know I, mean? I sit back with this bag. Right, right. And I was like, oh, my God, we are so bad <laughs> right. right now. <laughs> Give me more. Give me more. <laughs> These great. cuss words make me feel right, something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I even told my mom that I was like, Mom, I'm at this really cool kid's school. Like we were cussing and everything. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and then your mom, you know, having to be a mom. Yeah. What you know now, like she's like, Oh God, I gotta discipline him a little bit. I gotta give him some mom. But when you turn around and you like she's like, huh. Finally, that boy said a curse word. Right. You know? It's crazy now that I go back to listen to the songs I used to listen to, and I know the context of what they're saying. Yeah. Because I learned English by memorizing rap songs. Like, I love mm -hmm. learning lyrics, right? right? I learned, you know, old school Jay-Z, like Reasonable Doubt and mm -hmm. Eminem. That's literally how I learned English. But I didn't know the context of what they were saying. I just like the execution of it. And now I'm like, wow, those things are deep. So much yeah. being said in those records. And you can listen to them time and time again. It's not one, it's not one of those songs, like... When I think about toy soldiers and I think about the power of and the energy that comes with energy is real, right? It's real. And I don't think people take it seriously enough. Like with toy soldiers, he was calling out like what may happen. Like, like was toy soldiers friend, from the Eminem show. Is that the I'm a soldier? Uh, um, oh no, toy soldiers is different. <laughs> okay. That's different. Oh, so Toy yeah. Soldier and I'm a Soldier were two different records. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, so, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. So Toy Soldiers was him talking about like you know the people around him and how his his influence and his bad decisions, how he's growing up, how he's in these uncharted waters, right? With beef and stuff like that, money and fame and everybody and all the pressure, and, he, and he's supposed to be at the helm of it. And he's like, I've never done this. I've gone just as far as as we've all gone together. Yeah. And so his decisions are are affecting other people. Yeah. People that love him will do anything that, that he says. And it's that, a weird position to be in. It's a weird position to be in. Shit. It's weird. And if you sit down and do nothing and try to, like, you know, figure it out for too long, then you can look weak and you look this. And everywhere you turn, it's like, it's not the, it's just the wrong door, you know? So that's what it was about and look how it affected his people. But his best friend was in that video. Mm. And his best friend is shown getting shot in the video. Just what happens that his friend ends up getting shot in real life. Fuck. You know what I'm saying? And, like, in a video, they're freezing it. They're freezing the so it's all shot on the green screen. That same friend, yeah. Got they're shot. adding everything. The same friend got shot. What do you think about um, creating art that speaks negative things? Like they say, like you know, when Biggie had like Ready to Die, tiling that an album, and then he dies like a year later. Do you ever think about that of trying not to make things happen through the art? Yeah. Or do you not worry about it too well, much? Well, no. It just feels like you. That'd know. be like if you made a video about somebody losing their son. Like that. That would feel like that. I don't, I don't think that's a concept that you would do. 
No, I would. Oh, you would? Mm-hmm. I would. I would because, well, here's the thing. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I'll do any kind of, this. I'll do pretty much, I would shoot and create anything. At this point, I ask myself questions. Why am I doing this? What's the dialogue that I'm trying to create? What's what's what am I saying here? What ser- what purpose does this serve? And being honest with yourself and getting to know yourself and being your best friend is a it's a it's an ongoing thing that you get better at over time. But now I can trust myself. So mm. when I shoot something now, I don't need it's it's I know what's going to come my way sometimes. Like I know I'm like here comes a, here here comes a problem from over here from this this, this society over here. This part of society is going to say this, da, da, da. but it's like it's okay, guys, because I thought about all of you already. Right, you've already considered the. I thought about all of you, and whether this is worth it or not. I even looked to see if there's something that's been done like this before, mm. so I don't beat a dead horse. Right, and I don't repeat the same thing. There's also that too, right? It's like you had good intentions, but did you do the research? And it's like okay. I'm here because I've assessed all of that, but that doesn't mean you don't have the right to come. So come on. Right. You know and you saying? have to accept that as an artist when you put it out. And, and hear them out. I hear you. And that, that way they can mm-hmm. they can yell and scream as loud as they want, say whatever they want. I've had people say things in comments like, man, whoever directed this should be hung and burned. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I read that and I'm like, okay. But if, but if you were solid on why you created it, mm-hmm. <clears throat> then you can accept that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, uh, I, and I knew that was coming. I didn't know those words, but... I knew that was coming, which is why I'm calm, why I'm at peace um, as much as I can be. It does hurt. Some things hurt. Right. You don't want people to think, because you're like, that's not who I am, though. It's like, you can't be the hero to everybody. Right. You know, there's not one president that's a president. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, here, yeah. it's, like, it's like, this is the president we chose. He's the best president. Still, there's like still 30 million people are like, he sucks. The worst thing that ever happened to us. It's like every president is the worst thing that ever happened to us. Yeah. And then someone over here is like, he's the best thing that's ever happened to us. So it's like, right. what do you do, man? Like, it goes to show that that everything is an interpretation, right? Mm-hmm. Like two people can go to the same football game and feel two very different ways about it. Mm-hmm. Same event different realities, right? Mm-hmm. Even like, you know, like I like extreme sports. So I like skating, snowboarding, skydiving. So when I do something extreme, I get like positive chemicals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But my mom won't even get in a car if it's going too fast, right? right? So her interpretation of the same event will create like cortisol in her brain, right? That There's the event, there's the interpretation, and that's mm-hmm. what we experience. We experience our interpretation of what's happening. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's feeling that way about your art, that's based on their interpretation of it. Well, there's this piece that I did where, you know, eventually you're going to have to confront. God was keeps testing me, right? Like, are you still, you still want to be an artist, huh? Like, yeah, you've been true. You've been true. You've been doing pretty good. you got 87% on this true thing, man. So uh, how about this? I'm going to put this piece in your head, this piece of art in your head around George Floyd times, around the time... Everything was happening with George Floyd. God put this thought in my head, this piece. And so I came home, I laid on the floor, put my camera, um, put my camera, um, positioned my camera in front of a mirror. Okay. You know, in front of a mirror or whatever. And then, no, actually, I'm sorry, I leaned it up against this mirror after I saw me on the floor. And I put the camera right where I, I looked up, laid on the floor, took my hat, crumbled it up a little bit, put it about two feet in front of me. And I just laid down with my eyes halfway open, right? Took the photo, could put it on the timer, right? Uh-huh. Took like 10 of those. Went, up to, went over to my computer, airdropped those photos to myself, cut myself out, take these brushes, these brushes, make it a painting, right? Just enough on my face, enough where 
you could miss that it's me, actually. Right? right. One, because I do it just enough and I'm balancing that with the fact that who would put themselves in, a, in an image like this, laying on the ground, which it looks like he's dead, in the back of me, standing, standing in the sunset, perfect, beautiful sunset, is a cop in the middle. Mm. Standing far away, though, where it doesn't imply that he's the one that did this to me. It right. looks like it's already over, and he's just keeping people away from me. That's what it looks like. It looks like something already happened, but it's on a perfect sunny day, right? And it's called one of those sunny days. And I was like, my mom is not going to like this. Mm. She's not going to like this. But you know when, like, Michael Brown was murdered, when George Floyd was murdered, they show these photos of them alive. And we would have never saw those photos. Right. Had they not been killed. So I'm alive right now. Yeah. Looking at me. So let me do the opposite. Let me show you what it would look like if I was dead. Fuck. That's powerful, bro. And my mom hated it. You better not put that out, Todd. I'm serious. She was like, don't put that out into the universe. Send. Mm. That's a job of an artist. Yeah, it's just like, you're like, uh, you still want to do this? You still want to do this? That was my mom. You know you just disobeyed your mom, which is when you growing up, that was called disrespect. Right. But I'm going to relieve you from something a little bit and leave a little token in your heart just to let you know that, like, I know why you did it. You have a pact with God, talks to you. And even your mother, the person that carried you for all the time and loves you, no one loves you more. Or no, no one, I'm not, it's not really about loves you more, but no one knows you more. No one knows your plan like God knows your plan for you. And so he steers you like your heart's the compass. Yeah. And he just gives you these little, just taps it, lets you know you're still alive and you're doing the right thing. And you know it. And it can, everyone else could be like, you're doing, throwing stones. You're doing it. Oh, no. Your mom could be upset, everything. And it's just like, he's like, it's okay. I'll take care of it. Don't worry about that. And that's a part of your duty, too. It's not just to do the work. This whole thing is art. This whole living experience is art. How you yeah. craft it and what you do and how much you suffer and how much you take the dagger. I've learned about taking the dagger out of people's hands. Sometimes people, when they're fragile, they'll just stab at you and do things and say mean, hurtful things if you're in an intimate relationship or a relationship, anything. Right. It just happened, you know, or they're in such a desperate situation that they do something that they would normally wouldn't do. Yeah. Right. And then, and you're like, oh, I got the perfect, I got all the evidence right here. It's like, you did this, and why did you do this to me? And you, this is wrong, and da, da, da. And it's like, they already know that it's wrong. So you gotta, the best thing to do is to take the dagger out of their hand sometimes. Like, you didn't do anything. Nothing happened. You didn't do nothing. And you're like, oh my God. And you're still struggling, like, ah, you know, it's like, no one's a saint, man. Like, that's not, and if it is, if people are saints, the def, it's, it's a different definition. It's, it's being redefined. Like I know, I now know what it is. It's, it's not what, it's not what I saw on in the movies or on TV. The, right. Those depictions, action cut. They dress them up. Like you never, I never seen a saint until I saw a human. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. being a human, and it's and, and like and what that means is like, oh, this is hard. Like my son, I'm scared of him. I'm terrified of my son. He's who I'm scared of the most. Really? In what way? I just love him too much. Like so much. It's just like <laughs> uh, I used to think people were like, would you die for your parents? I'd be like, of course I would. Of course, they'll die for my body. They love me more than anything. I'll die for my parents. And you just say that. Then you have a kid. And you start thinking about it. You're like, well, I for sure would die for him. I guess that means I would die for my parents. <laughs> but for sure, him. For sure. Yeah. It was like, you or him. I'd be like, me. I'll go right now. Any way you want. Please just leave him alone. Don't right. Touch him. You know what I'm saying? With like, the parents, you're like, 
Yeah, most likely. Yeah, yeah. most likely. It turns to most likely when you have a kid. <laughs> yeah. Most likely, depending on uh, how yeah. they go, how long they live. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> they're ninety. You might sorry. be like, it was I'm a good be a one, mom. Yeah, will be in a lot of pain. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Are you thinking about me when you're asking me this weird question? <laughs> like, it's like, but my child is like, I love him so much, man. It's just like I'm terrified of him. What would you do? I couldn't even. Oof. I couldn't imagine, but I have to. That's a part of this too. Is that your dad is doing? He chose to do something, and be something. Mm. Mm. He chose to be something in this world where he has to think about what I would do if something happened to him. Fuck, bro. I have to though, because what I owe to you is the same thing I owe to the world, and I owe you more. And because of that, I have to do this. I have to know it. I have to think. It is in my head. I can't shut it out. Like, oh, I don't think about things like that. I do. I do. And I think about it. It's just, I duck. Fuck. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, ugh. It's a different level had, of purpose and depth. I yeah. Mean. He's like, he goes to school. I'm scared of him to go to school. Why is this door the only door that's not within the gates? People come up here with AK-47 shooting babies and shit. Like, why is this? Like, I'm just scared for him to go to school. Wow. So. Yeah, and I don't know how to do anything else but do this because I'm too deep in it. <laughs> so this is it. Like you know, that's the other thing too. It's like it's, I ain't coming this far. I don't come this far. You and it's know? like part of you know, who you are is the artist that's going to put the authentic you out there, but you're also considering him out there, and those are both equal parts. Mm-hmm. I think about the way things are going to be looked at when he's older. I made I made before I made him a promise that you know, you're going to be proud of your dad. I'm like, you know, you're going to be some things that you question mm. for sure. Because I did these things before I knew you. Mm. They're out in the world. And so my work's going to look different before 2017. Yeah. A little different. And you may not understand it. When, when you'll, you'll be able to comprehend that this is dad's work. And you'll be able to judge me before you're able to understand me. So. But that's part of your gift to him, too. Because he's going to grow up learning from your experiences. I hope so. Yeah, you know, I hope so. There's a whole other world out there, and right now he's not with me at this moment. He's learning from all the stuff he's seeing. What do you feel about that uh, in terms of what his experience of the world is right now? What grade is he? Is he in kindergarten? Mm -hmm. He's so smart. Is he smart? Does he understand what's happening in the world? Like, does he watch like TV and like, oh, this is happening? And does he know like that the a war is happening? Uh, We censor it. We censor it. You know, and I ask him questions. I like. Tap into things, just kind of see if he if he cares. If he just saw it and he can just repeat what he saw, if he cares. Uh, if, if there's something he knows he shouldn't be seeing, and he's really good at that. Like, he doesn't want to disappoint. He gets in his little attitude sometimes, but he doesn't want to disappoint his parents, really, you know? Yeah. He's a loving kid. Like, he doesn't even want, in karate, he has a really good front kick. No one wants to run into this front. <laughs> why they spar at five years old? I have no clue, but whatever. I guess yeah. he goes to Cobra Kai and not Daniel Sun School or whatever. Right. Not, not, not Miyagi though. So <laughs> these kids in there like sparring. They spar. Um, he's sparring right now. Was this Friday? So he's yeah, Friday. yeah, yeah. He's in karate right now as we speak. Oh, wow. He's in karate right now as we speak. He's sparring right now. So he has a pretty good front kick, and he front kicked this kid, and kid fell flat on his back, and then they were like, "Now grapple, get on top of him," and he like. He like look, he looked back at me, he's like, oh. and he didn't really want to, so he did, but he didn't like he didn't do what they were telling him, what the sensei were telling him to do. And I started really getting angry and upset with them because I was like, he doesn't like to do that. This is like 
I probably just need to take him out of the class, but his mom, I deal with that thing too. We're not together. Yeah. You're not together. You don't make decisions together. You kind of, you know, it's kind of weird. But like, can't I even just, imagine what the, seeing yeah. your son look at you like that. But I asked him. I said, well, "What's wrong? Like, why you don't like? Why why don't you do what the sensei says?" And I asked him, and, and then he, just, he closes down. And I said, "Look, you can tell dad anything. You're not going to get in trouble. Don't worry. Daddy just wants to know. Just tell me." And finally, the other day, turned around. He was like, "I don't like to fight." Mm. He's a lover. Mm -hmm. He's he's won all his matches. That's the other thing too. It's like I don't like to fight, but you're here watching me. You know, and uh, the message that I'm getting, I don't know why I have to do this because he hasn't experienced with this outside world like that. But I think it's a good foundational training because I, you know, you never hear of somebody who has a black belt getting to a bar fight. Because right. when people have an outlet for their energy, they mm -hmm. tend to be people that know how to fight tend to be the most peaceful people. Right. Yeah, but he, he's like, I don't, I don't like to fight. Yeah, he's like, like, what's I, the point? What's yeah, the point of me trying to hurt somebody? Trying to hurt somebody. I don't want to do that. You know. That's a beautiful. So I'm just like, I feel like in that moment, like he's just better than me. Mm. I can't build up the courage to tell his mom that I hate this school. Like he's gonna turn to me and be like, I don't like to fight. So, gotta figure it out. Gotta figure it out. Hey, this is what weed and beer is for, you know? Weed yeah. and beer. Weed and beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> don't watch that part, son. He's <laughs> like, okay, you know what? It's too emotional, man. It's too much. <laughs> I told you I inhale everything. I don't ignore anything. I try not to ignore anything, man, but that comes with a whole bunch too. But when you see my work and people are like, oh, man, you're so artistic. I'm like, I think I pay attention more. Mm. I don't know if I could, how, I don't know. I couldn't teach you how to use Photoshop. I don't even know if I use the tools the right way. I don't know. Like, I probably know 10% of it. Right, but you have the feeling. I use 100% of that 10%. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And like, so I don't know. You know, I don't know how much how great of an artist I am or balancing things. You know, I don't really use a ruler like I'm supposed to. Well, there's technique and then there's art of expression. And it's art of expression. And, they, you know, and they help you. They help you. And there's things I did pick up. When I look at my life, though, I look at it. And I've only watched Slumdog Millionaire one time. Yeah. It what was, a great it was, movie, it though. It was great. But I only watched it one time because I was like, ooh, this is too close. Like, this. Yeah. It's like, you know, like, I'm like, I'm like, I went through a lot of things in my life. Like, I went through a lot yeah. of things, you know. Well, in that movie, all the things he went through were gifts to put him up for that situation. They were like, how do you know this about the gun? And he's like, flashes back to that one time. It's, it's, every experience can be a gift if you use it right. My three best friends died in a car accident, or my three friends died in a car accident. My best friend in the car, right? One of my friends survived. Brandon survived. And they died on a hill called Skyline Boulevard when I was 19 years old, right? Mm. Waiting on me. So, well, yeah. I don't say that to make you know, to make me feel guilty or anything like that. Like I, obviously, I didn't know that was going to happen, but like I was just really tired, and everything that happened that day are things that don't ever happen. Like they wanted something from me the night before, so I told them, "If you want this thing, then you have to give me a ride to school." Because <laughs> during the summer, I play football. I also played quarterback in college. So a person that's super knowledgeable of football I had one of the worst days of practice. It was so bad that you couldn't even assess if the defense had a good practice or if I just had a really bad practice. Mm. It was so bad that we were all running, and I could feel that it was because of me. But because we were running, because it was so bad, practice went 
I mean, from, you know, an hour later than it was supposed to, I fell asleep in the locker room. During the summertime, I put my locker, because I don't want to be around a whole bunch of, and this sounds kind of weird, but I don't want to be around a whole bunch of people that are going to get cut. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go in there until I know who the team's going to be, right? So, right. So, like, <laughs> like, I want to be buddy-buddying with somebody. Like, you know, like, I get, I become, I'm a people's people. I'm a people person. Right. So, like, I just, like, my locker room's over here. So, I fell asleep, and no one knew that I was asleep in the other in the room, in the other locker rooms because the lights are off in there. Right. Right? And I have a little light in my locker. Uh-huh. I was knocked out. The only person that came, that came back there was the janitor because he checks everything. The equipment right. manager. Not the janitor, equipment manager. Name is Mike. He's like, Tosh, you still back here? Come on, man. Everyone's gone with the clothes up. I'm like, what time is it? He's like, man, everybody been left. Everybody left an hour ago. <laughs> so I'm knocked out. I would have woke up in the morning. So he's like, come on, give me a ride home. So he gives me a ride home all the way to East Oakland. And um, my mom says, uh, hey, Tosh, your friends came by here looking for you. Um, I looked outside. One of them had a beer in the hand. I said, my mom, drink beer. I don't do any of these things trying to save myself. You yeah. Know? Long story short, they died that night, right? And they, had you not slept in? Yeah. They, but, well, not that so much I would have been in the car because if I would have been in the car, then they wouldn't have had a reason to go where they went. They went mm-hmm. somewhere to like, like, okay, he's not here. He'll be back. She's like, he should be here any minute. Okay, we're going to go do whatever we're going to go do on this side. And then we're going to come back. When they came back, they wanted to smoke. So they came back over the hill so that they wouldn't be in main traffic where the police are and everything. Came over the hill, which just so happens they're coming down the hill in this Camaro that I was just in that that morning when they dropped me off. You know, coming down the hill, and a car pulls out. This is the story: a car backs out in this really dark street, and they see it last minute, and the car spins out. Now, from Brandon's recollection, he survived. He was going like this, trying to control it, trying to control the wheel. Right. I learned because from that situation, just. Your ears will like will like take in stuff when something like that when something happens that that you've been focused on you can't get away from right you start to hear things like if you're looking for a car yeah a certain kind of car you start to see that car everywhere right, right? yeah so it's kind of like that I saw something that said take your hands off the wheel if you're ever if the car goes out of control when I hydroplane in my car twenty years later on a freeway the first thing I thought was first thing I saw a bear going like this. And I wasn't even in the car, but I saw him going like this. And I was like, oh, take your hands off the steering wheel. So my hands off the steering wheel and the car corrected itself. Wow. So I'm like, so I'm like, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, Phew. right there in a 70, 73 Camaro, 73 Camaro, I was in a 2011 R8, right? So I'm saying like, I'm saying on, on a freeway, with money in my pocket, ego and everything, going really, really fast. Like I went when, when I was hydroplaning, I'm like, this is all bad. I'm not getting out of this. I may not get out of this at all, but to not have a scratch. So the only thing that happens for my car to shut off. That was divine. And it's like, and the guy pulled over, this guy pulled over, he's like, bro, you dad is like, you are the luckiest person I've ever seen. Like, you are so are you okay? I mean, I was driving home. I drove home. Like, I was driving home. <laughs> no more cool shit. Yeah. No more lean back. Hello, yeah. hello 10 and 2. How are you? Yeah. And never again. Never again. You know, but, but like, I, was, I remember that. Like, you know, these things, we, we, we just question the supernatural shit, man. We question it because we just, we can't get over the fact that, you know, they can't be real. Everything's a coincidence that, that we don't believe the power of this world, man. But it's real. And for me to think that, me to think that while that was happening, take your hand off the steering wheel. 
it'll correct itself. That's like, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like it. I'm here for a reason, man. And there's way more going on than we know. Yeah. So, so you know, don't put anything in the no. I don't put anything in the no bag or impossible. Nothing. UFOs for sure. It for sure exists. Because I saw one. No. Right. Because I've seen some really weird things in this world mm-hmm. where I'm like, that might as well be a UFO. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure people have looked at me and been like, yeah, he's an alien. <laughs> I've, I've had people call me that being funny. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you're an alien, man. Like, that's supposed to be like, you're cool or yeah. you're something great. <laughs> Maybe. You know what I'm saying? But then, like, at like, this point, it's in the realm point, of possibilities. It's, it's for sure, man. Like, we're not even the biggest planet in the solar yeah. system, okay? It's a whole galaxy, whole universe. You think we're, we're that self-centered? Still self-centered? I give you all that information and you still think that we're only in life form? And life form doesn't have to look like us. It doesn't have to talk. Right. They, they communicate. It doesn't have to speak like us. It doesn't have to look like us. Have hair or hair. Like to them, they're normal. It could be literally. Just I mean, a plant. tree is a life a form. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's just like we have to get over this idea of like, is it so self? So it's, just, it's all it's all fear based. Yes. It's all fear based too. So we create these things like, you know, the flying saucers, and they're like Area 51, and there's aliens there, and I'm like, man, it could be plants too. Like I don't know. Yeah. It could be the aliens. Yeah. It could be aliens. It's like I saw this thing that said Spirit Airlines on it. They wrote it. <laughs> it says it said Spirit Airlines as it was passing. It could be some aliens talking about a plane that they saw. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they got drawings of our planes. It looked like this while we're down here drawing, fly, drawing fly, flying saucers. Oh, that's They're saying funny. the same exact thing. They're saying the same exact thing. You know what I mean? And they stink because somebody farted or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's like, yo, man, it's like. You got to get over ourselves like that. We got to get over ourselves. You just got to understand it's okay to not know, but understand that you not knowing means that there's a world of information out there. Imagine how much you don't know. Yes. You ain't even know the shit that you're trying to know. Right. And we don't even know what we don't know. <laughs> we don't know don't there's know. questions that we don't even know to ask. And we only hear this amount of time. Bro, there was dinosaurs. People were digging up fossils. And they're like, how old is a dinosaur? 30 million years old. 30 million years old. You get... Three months in jail and be like, oh my God, my life's over. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying it's all relative, man. It's yeah. all relative. And I, even time is relative, right? Because if you go, if you were to be in a different planet, your clock would move differently. That's even what, what we consider a second, a second here is not a second in Mars. That's what I'm saying. That's why I love like Interstellar. Like I love yes. I love Christopher Nolan because everything he he puts out, especially like recently, right? It's always for us. It's always the questions that we've been asking ourselves and that we don't have the answers to. And he doesn't give us the answers. He's not saying this is the answer. From what I've researched and from what I believe, you know what I'm saying? Including your all of your thoughts too. It's a collective. Here's a theory. Yes. Here's a theory. Oh, that scene in Interstellar when he's going through the cubes of time and he's just touching everything and then realizing that he he already did all that all along. Mm-hmm. He'd already done oh, that was crazy. I love movies that touch on time. Deja Vu of Denzel is a great one oh, yeah, too, yeah. as well. In and the he was fridge. like this, he's going back and forth. He yeah, yeah. Off, man. <sighs> I was just like, because it, it gives, it, it's like, it, get, it takes us a step further in the things that, like those kind of directors and those kind of creatives take us a step further so that we can see our thoughts. Yes. We can see our fears and kind of see what it looks like to even determine whether we should be fearing it that much. Yeah. Whether we're right, maybe kind of on point. Yeah. But not based on the truth, just based on this theory. It may, it may be true. Like, look, and if it is, if it's happening, it's going to happen. It's going to take who it wants to take. And who's going to survive is going to survive. Just just that we're all gonna go eventually. So all these things are just like it's just so much. You know what I'm saying? It's so yeah. much that that's why I just like let me just focus on what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be gone one day. What can I do so that people? What do I want? 
I want people to know that I cared. I want people to know how I felt. I want people to know that I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to like, I don't care about the answers as much or logic as much as I care about how people feel. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so I wrote a book that, you know, I didn't get one, I didn't get one book deal that to this day, you, you should have did that. All you had to do is put the table of contents in it. Not that big of a deal. You're stubborn. But it's not about that. I didn't want the table of contents in there because I didn't want people skipping to the celebrity section. Right. You skip to the celebrity section, you miss everything about how I even got there and what that even means and how that's not a destination. Yeah. Celebrity is not a destination. Right. It used to be. But you got to read how who I was in the beginning, understand how I grew up. You know what I'm saying? How I grew up and the relationships that I had. The book, every like, I think it's every 40 pages, there's a gold page and a, and a person right here. So if there's a gold page with their name on it and pink, gold page, pink, and their face on the right-hand side, this is a person that has affected me in a way. So what you see in my work, this person this is my relationship with them. It's called color. You know what I'm saying? Wow. This person, this is called humility. You know what I'm saying? This person, this is called discipline. You know what I'm saying? This person, this is called brotherhood. You know what I'm saying? And, and then you see it play out in my work. Certain things play out in my work. You know what I'm saying? And then there's like, you know, and then there's, and then there's the end of the book, which is a reason I have part two because this is before my son was born, before he even existed. Wow. Which gives me reason to write part two. Cause it's like this person is everything. All of these, it's everything. You know what I'm saying? It's everything. So the next book is called Turbulence. The first one's called Turbulence, um, the first 10,000 feet. This one's called Turbulence Above the Setting Sun. Mm. So it's like Turbulence. I love that. It's three, it's three books in one. So it's Turbulence, it still needs to be edited. So maybe like, I'm thinking like, I like for my books to come out. Um, people, it's better to come out when people are sitting, sitting in the house. I don't want it to be like by default that you pick up the book because it's cold outside. So I like to put, in, put my books out like in the summer or the spring. Yeah, yeah. Something like that where you get it just because you want it to get it. I don't have to deal with you picking it up because it's cold outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah. like the whole concept of a book because, you know, it took you a whole lifetime to get these experiences, but you can condense them yeah. into something that somebody could read over a weekend. I, I'm going to read you the opening. Oh, I'm excited. I'm reading the opening. Then I got a text message. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I got ahead. a text message that was like, um, London's not feeling well. It's my son, so. Oh, man. What that is translation for, though, I think is that he doesn't want to go to baseball practice and karate. Mm. On the days he has to fight, he has to uh, spar, he doesn't want to go to karate after that. I mean, he doesn't want to go to baseball after that. Right. So, and two times a week, he has to go to karate and go to baseball, but only one of those days he has to spar. Every time he has to fight, he, it's not, the day is ruined. That's why I'm going to take him out of the class. Cause you see how it affects him and his yeah, energy. Yeah, he doesn't want. So he does. He says he doesn't feel good. He he means it. He means it. But he it's not just like complain. Right, He's like, yeah, no, he this is. It. Yeah, yeah it doesn't feel good. So coming. He, so I have to go pick him up. So I'm gonna read this to you. Okay. Um. Man, I didn't expect to be emotional today, um, or not that emotional. <laughs> but that's okay. Um, now we got real. Uh, okay. Um, give me a little beer. Yeah, no worries. Real quick. So, the reason, so when I was writing this book, I was thinking to myself, the first thing people are going to think is, why is, why, who is he? Like, who is he? And like, why does he need a book? And I didn't want the front of it to have like celebrities on it. I didn't want it to be like, you know, Taj, music video director, over this many views, and da da da. Right. I didn't want you to, I didn't want it to be like, 
I didn't want it to be like that. So I'm not on the front cover of the book. Um, I'm trying to get to iBook. It's all your fault. I can't get to it because I'm being emotional. <laughs> I'm under a lot of pressure right now. Okay. It's not the right acoustics in here for this. Step Brothers. Hold on. Let's see. Oh, I haven't seen that movie. Uh, you haven't seen Step Brothers? No. I will walk out of here right now and destroy all the footage. <laughs> you haven't seen Step Brothers? No, oh, I, I've oh. seen the, the boat, the boat scene, boats and hose. Okay. Drink some water. I'm going to read this to you. All right. Okay. Mm. Just from the new book, right? No. It's all a new book, though, because you ain't never read it. Okay. You just now met me, so. Mm. New to you. All right. It's called 10,000 Feet. <clears throat> and this is for people to get to know me within two pages so that you can, after this, you should, you'll be able to make a decision whether you want to read the rest of the book. Okay. Life can get crazy growing up in the hood. You see, it wasn't hard to fit in, but I was still misunderstood. Everybody was chasing it, but my it were never goods. Big dreams, small train. It's like the engine that could. Now I'm in L.A., six months in, and time isn't standing still. No food, a little hope. Man, life is getting real. The window of opportunity and dream that I concealed is withering with bad habits as the sun sinks over hills. So with nothing left to sell and my soul's still intact, I close my eyes tight and beg God to act. With a couple shed tears and some time to relax, God granted my wish and brought me all the way back. Two days later, I know that God is the truest. I landed in Europe. Rihanna didn't stop the music. Calls from back home and nothing was the same. Then began chapter two. Ties, welcome to fame. I see the money's pouring in. And with a dose of L.A., everything I ever wanted is just a swipe away. Mm. Parties are lasting longer. All my cars are V8s. And if I'm the man, it's no longer a debate. Everyone's paying attention. Listen to what I have to say. But wait. Nobody ever told me that money burned this fast or that relationships with the needy hardly ever last mm. or that when you feel used up and your body's out of gas, a lot of people that you once helped, I hope put you on your ass. Now it's 2010 and my ego is frail. And with no hesita <laughs> so with no hesitation, I decided to bail. Faced with the ultimate fear that I had failed, I packed up and headed to the ATL. Now, despite the food, sex, and strip clubs at night, me and the ATL just didn't feel right. I woke up in the cold winter and with clear sight, apologized to all my friends and put them on a flight. After my extended stay, I was back in LA, ready to take control with success as my prey. Then came the second storm accompanied with some delays. Then me and one billion dropped the biggest wave. Me and J-Lo, <laughs> J-Lo and Pitbull had put me on tour. Now I'm shooting foreign videos, sure to sure. Sure. Almost wiped the slate clean at what I'd done before. An entire fucking galaxy screaming, I'm on the floor. But as the spring passed and the but as the winter passed and the spring came about, I noticed a change in my spiritual clouds. I yearned for the opportunity and ability to explore the most important feeling I could no longer ignore. That God holds the keys to all doors. Love. Wow. So, but that feeling I couldn't ignore is that I was about to have a child because the day that I, uh, the day that the editor gave me the book back was the day that I found out that I was having a child. And you could sense that you were going to have a child? So I said that, and, it, and it's, I was like, the feeling I could no longer ignore that God holds the key to all doors. You know what I'm saying? To unlock another door is to bring more life in. And so it's like that, that day, it was like the same day I got a, I got a, a, um, a FaceTime from his, his, his mother now his mother and we've been friends we weren't in a relationship or anything but we've been friends for a long time 
So I FaceTime. We FaceTime a lot. And she FaceTimed me. And as soon as I answered it, I looked at her and I was just like, I, was, I didn't say anything. She was like, so uh, I'm pregnant. And I just took a screenshot. Before I even re responded, Yeah, I just took a screenshot of it. Took a screenshot of it. It's a piece of art that I don't, I don't ever show anybody. Yeah, I turned that into a piece of art, that, that screenshot. That's beautiful, So I'm man. just like, I'm just, you could just see me like, I just knew it. And I, I knew it was like, this is happening. Like, this is, this is happening. And it's not because of who she is. No, this is happening. Does that have anything to do with, it has less to do with you and me. Very little to do with that. Some more to do with the plan. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a plan. So this is happening. That's powerful. And what what you just read right there, that wasn't just a regular book. That was poetic. What so. an opener. Yeah. So you got to. That know. was, that felt more like lyrics to an amazing album than opening to a book. Like, that was powerful. Well, thanks, man. Uh, um, Very captivating. Yeah. Just, uh. So yeah, so book the book the second book is um, turbulence above the setting sun, but it's turbulence above. That's my way of thinking how I've evolved. Turbulence, um, the setting, mm. and that shows like the behind the scenes of my sets, things like that, places I've been around the world, kind of intimate, you know, more so intimate, introspective, like look um, from my vantage point, right? And then there's um, sun, right? So above the setting sun, mm. right? And the sun, and obviously you know what that's about S sun. Sun, 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 sun. Okay, right. yeah, that's powerful, man. Yeah. What? Well, first of all, this has been an amazing conversation. I feel like we could be talking for hours. Yeah. We're, it's almost on two hours already. Yeah, I gotta this, go pick up my son. This too. has been flowing. Okay. <laughs> um. On. on fuck. First of all, this this was powerful. This entire conversation was really, really beautiful. It was. I appreciate you sharing your stories with me, man. They. I, I, I looked at. I looked at your. Uh, you know. Um. I don't know how this is gonna sound, but. I can't. I guess I can't care about that all the time. But I looked at your uh, your DM, and um, it was the first time someone's asked me to do pod podcast to do a podcast. But there was something about the way that it was written. It was something about your name, right? It was like I was like Brazil. And I was like, well, obviously he's from Brazil. I hope so. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, like, I hope so. <laughs> you know, are you, I guess you can name yourself that and love the place. Like you, you really got a kick out of it when you went. But I was like, ah, just for the sake of him and people in Brazil <laughs> wanting to, I want him to, them to love him too. Like, yeah. I hope he's from Brazil. And you were, uh, right? So that, that made sense. But it was the fact that it was like, yo, he, if he sees that no one has that name, that means that he looks in the foreground, not always the background. Yeah. So he's able to name himself that. No one takes that name because no one would think that because everyone would think that's already taken. They wouldn't even think to think that because the name, it's just, you don't, who does that, right? It's beyond that. So you got to take a very uh, special person to name it. It wasn't arrogance. It's pride, but it's also a person that understands that no one's using that name because people feel like what's, what's too big is too good for them. There's nothing too big or too good. And so you named yourself that because you love it and because you also understood that this would be the name that's available. It's like looking at me.com and it's like, oh, that's available, me.com? Right. What do you know? <laughs> you know? I appreciate that, Yeah, man. man. So I, I really liked it. And then I saw I saw just some snippets because I was like impatient. I was like, okay, so if I'm going to say yes to this, if I'm going to do this, let's just see like what this looks like. I love the lighting and I love the, I love the conversation. Like the conversation wasn't like, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but I know what it wasn't. It wasn't trivia questions or it wasn't like <laughs> me 
trying to, you know, soup questions. Right. You know, who was your favorite video of all time? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's very original. Thanks a lot, Brazil. My favorite video is not this one. Like, I, like, I, I just hate those questions. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm like, the worst, the worst thing about it is I'm like, man, I put us in this position, like, because I didn't do my homework. So I decided to not tell people no. If I'm not going to do it, I just don't say anything. Mm. You know, because I, you'll get it. Maybe you'll get it right. Or maybe it'll be better for us one day. Well, I, I, I sincerely appreciate you coming. No, this was good. It was I knew it was going to be good. Well, it was very inspiring, the conversation. And, and, and I actually could relate to so much of your story. It reaffirmed me in my journey as well, just hearing your story, man. It's, you, you are an amazing artist. And, Thank and, you, man. And I appreciate your whole soul and your essence. It's like, it's radiating. It's, Thank you, it's man. beautiful. And I thank you for sharing it. the stuff about your son, too. I know it's very personal and all that, but that was, that was such a real moment. Yeah, I'm going to go pick him up. Well, right shout out to London. Yeah, shout out to London. London, Arthur Stansbury. Well, bro. Thank you, man. Thank you again. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. This is thank Taj. You.